Actually, who's editing this one? Uh, oh yeah, true. We'll figure it out. Details it doesn't matter. Details. Details. Details to figure out later. Yeah. We'll put it up to a vote for the audience. <laughs> yeah. Who do you want to edit the episode? Just we'll release the tell? raw audio. Release um, all of the raw audio. Let them vote and then take take it all back and then edit it. Let them do it themselves. Yeah. Or yeah, you know what? You can win a chance to edit our next episode. <laughs> What is the Feature Length Podcast? Anyone? Uh, the Feature Length Podcast is a show where three idiots talk about film and entertainment. Good answer. Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> hey, are you talking to us? Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking to the voices in my head. <laughs> like, I truly, I truly don't know. It felt like a fever dream. I swear to God, I could not It sounds so stupid hearing that. <laughs> If you're listening to this, this is a podcast. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast, a podcast where we talk about movies and TV for a feature length of time. Hey everyone, uh, real quick before we get started on this episode of the Feature Length Podcast, uh, we should probably mention this was planned to be an episode on uh, the Matrix sequels and the new Matrix movie. And the reason this episode, episode 33, was going to be about the Matrix is because 33 has a number three in it twice, which made the boys think of Trinity, a character in the Matrix, and that was the only connection. They wanted me to jump in and explain that real quick, so I did. Um, But continue listening to the episode. But Marco and I saw the new Matrix movie, and it sucks. So we're not dedicating an entire episode to that. We will probably still talk about it during this episode because we've decided sort of last minute to make this just a very conversational kind of uh, catch up with each other episode. We're going to talk about things that we've seen recently. We might not even talk about movies some of the time. We can just talk about really whatever we want. We're not really bound to a certain topic this time. Uh, We're just trying this out, kind of a new thing. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it, just catching up with each other. We're all on video call once again for the first time in a long time. Uh, so I guess I'll just introduce Carol and Marco now. Yo. Hello. <laughs> and I've been Dan. <laughs> so what do we want to start with here? We have a few topics pre-lined up. Well, Dan, I want to hear what you've been up to, first of all. Carol and I were chatting <laughs> a little bit. Before we started recording, but I feel like we haven't really caught up since before Christmas, except, I mean, we talk every day, but, like, about yeah. very random things, so, like, what's up? What's up with you, Dan? How's life? Uh, it's alright. I'm kind of on a, uh, a little break from work right now, because it's just a slow time of year, weddings-wise. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, by the way, I edit for a wedding video company. I don't know if I've mentioned that on the show ever. I don't know but, uh, <laughs> we just told them that you were leaving Metro, I think, but we didn't say to do yeah. that. Oh, yeah, that was a while ago. Metro, True. Oh, yeah. It. So, fuck that's Metro true. still stands, but yes. also, if anyone's getting married and uh, you need to hire a, a video yeah, company. go to delucafilms.com. Uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, that's kind of slowed down for a while, um, and I do have a couple of editing. I'm going to be doing... Uh, a short film later this year which is going into pre-production soon Ooh. um i'm most likely going to be editing an- another separate short film 
probably soon. It's all shot, that one already. Not sure when. And then also within the next month, I'm going to be doing another gig for the city. But my friend mm. hasn't uh, told me the details on that yet. But that's sort of what I've been up to. I'm just kind of in a little... Um, like slow season right now so I've been catching up as Marco know well Marco and Carolina both know <laughs> on uh, reading books that I've always wanted to read but never did nice. uh, so recently late last year I started for I think the third time in my life I started reading Jurassic Park the novel and this time I actually <laughs> stuck through the whole thing Yay. over the past five years I've started the the novel over twice and I just always because I was still in school I think I always not that I was disinterested I just kept it kept losing me not again not out of interest just because of like time and my schedule and stuff yeah now that I graduated I think that really helped (laughs) motivate me to actually like schedule out time to read it and finish it and I loved it um as we've discussed on a previous episode I loved the movie Jurassic Park and I very much enjoyed the novel too um, and then after that I was like you know what since I'm in the mood I'm pretty sure Marco still has his Harry Potter books <laughs> Hell yeah! and I've never read them uh, I've seen the movie movies countless times but only late last year into this year have I started to finally read through the series I'm midway through the fourth book right now and loving it um, I'm I wish I started years ago, honestly. They're so fun. Like they're, they're they so, are. I mean, we've talked about this to death, and like, but I just think I also think it's just kind of fascinating. And sometimes I look. I have so much nostalgia for those movies, and I love the cast of those movies and everything. But I almost wish we got like maybe they waited ten years until like Game of Thrones was a thing, and then they like made a Harry Potter HBO show where like they had yeah. a season per book and you could really do all the stuff in it because i feel like a lot of but the would really it live interesting... on hbo isn't it about like children no but like that's the thing is that i mean first it of all it doesn't, it doesn't have to be hbo like i guess disney could have bought it and done it on, yeah. on disney plus but just I don't know like how that would have i know <laughs> i mean i'm not a huge fan of all the shows either but like even netflix, or even netflix like, yeah, yeah netflix i think would be like the perfect yes totally uh, platform for this and it's funny you, you mentioned it, Carol, because like I think one of the fascinating things is that the the movies do progressively get darker as they go, but generally speaking, I think a lot of the stuff in the movies is the like more streamlined stuff that kids could comprehend. But like in the book, there's like way more adult shit that happens. Like in the one Dan's reading right now, there's literally like a union conflict about these <laughs> elves that are being used as slaves and are like trying to like rebel yeah. against it. Like there's so much more shit than just the like pure narrative of harry being a teenager who's the chosen one like that's that's just like the baseline thing and like the rest of the world is way more interesting and um it's actually it's i'm always blown away by the way because we we know so many people like whether it's you carol or even our friend rachel um who have like either tried to watch or watch the harry potter movies and been like eh whatever and so when dan had told me he was a big fan but i never read the books i was actually completely blown away because i was like like to me it's like even me being a fan of the movies is so informed by the background knowledge i have of the books and i feel like most people that end up really loving the movies did read the books as well um so yeah 
Yeah, and even even the movies, I was like late into those too. It wasn't until the year the last one was coming out. Well, I should say, the year the second last one was coming out, where I started to hear buzz about it at school. Mm. Not started, but like really started. When did the last one or second to last one come out? Twenty ten. Oh, was it ten? Two thousand eleven was the very last one. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're still in grade school. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it was towards the end of grade school. Yeah, and uh, and that was when timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, remember it ended one year before Twilight, <laughs> which makes yes. a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, but yeah, back in 2010, I was like, "Wow, this is really like a like a phenomenon type thing." And again, no experience with the books at all. Um, and then started hearing a lot about the movies. And then 2011, the summer that Deathly Hallows Part Two came out, is when I first ever started at the very first movie, watched all the way through, and then made it in time luckily to watch the finale in theaters which is exciting Mm. i think that was like one of my first like going to see a movie in theaters as like a really big fan sort of thing even if it was very retroactively like i said i it was only that summer that i began watching that series but it was still a very exciting uh time and that was before like for example i had gotten into the mcu so that was sort of the first big like movie event of my relatively modern life, I think. Yeah, yeah it's pretty wild. But um, I would, uh, you know, I'd still recommend like, even if you're an adult now, who maybe, even if you have seen the movies and you're kind of like, ah, I don't know if I vibe with this, like, I think the books are a lot better. I would still recommend trying them out. And I know... We've covered this to death. J.K. Rowling is a piece of shit. Like, 100%, 100%, 100%. But also, like, every author you've ever studied in school was probably also a piece of shit because they were born in, like, the 1800s. So, you know, like, let's take let's take it with a grain of salt. I think the books are still uh, enjoyable for the most part. Don't support the new stuff. Don't support, like, Fantastic oh Beasts. That's complete, that's, that's complete trash and... It's not good, and she's a piece of shit. So, like, don't support it. And for also, all that. like, maybe if you want to read them, like, go to the library or like ask yeah. a friend. I guarantee totally. you know someone like who Dan's doing. Owns them. Don't yeah. give her any more money. You know what? Ask me <laughs> personally, fine. okay? I I, I don't need to DM read the books. to us on Instagram. Marco, yeah. I'll ship them out. Hundred <laughs> percent. You can borrow. <laughs> Just make sure the book that you want to borrow is one that I've already finished. Yeah, borrowing exactly. From Marco. Take your time. But. By the way, Dan, it's funny because you're like exactly halfway through the series. Pretty much, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Well, by the time this comes out, you'll probably be another book in. True. So yeah. Yeah. They, can, they have more to At pick the time from. of recording, <laughs> I'm halfway through book four. I am curious. I want to ask you guys about like reading in general because I know all three of us like to read but don't necessarily have a ton of time for it. I find with myself what I've had to start doing is dedicate like a condensed period of time to start and finish something because i'm terrible at like i'll read a chapter today and then next weekend read two chapters and then just do that for like six months to finish a book like i know people that can do that and i absolutely can't like i need to be like cool i'm gonna start friday night whatever it is and finish it like sunday night like that this is what i'm doing this weekend is like reading this comic reading this novel whatever that's impressive. I can't do that. Um, so mm. I have to do the chapter by chapter thing. Usually, like before this year, because I mean, who knows when this is going to come out, but uh, we're kind of freshly into 2022 for context. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is uh, January 20th to be exact. Um, but before this year, I just kind of like 
on the weekend mostly would read and I'd get like an hour or two chunk and it was like whatever I finished I finished but as of January 1st 2022 I've been reading for half an hour before bed so that's good that's a good way to do it yeah so I've been getting through a lot more stuff and I was sick last week Dan missed that part of the call but I did finish half of a book in a day for one of my sick days nice um because it 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 was riveting um and I was like well what else am I doing (laughs) see I I've also tried to do that because I think as we've discussed before I am a terrible sleeper I just can't fall asleep (laughs) and then Madison was like maybe it's because you sit in your bed and watch like youtube videos until 1 a.m and then you're wired and can't go to bed and i was like yeah that's that's a really good point so i'm also trying to uh you know make some tea a little bit of tea sit read you know read for half hour and it actually works out because leading into the batman which is coming out in like a month hopefully month month and a week yeah i mean assuming nothing gets delayed but it looks like they're really ramping up the marketing so um Oh, and the, I don't know if you saw the announcement, but mm-hmm. Ontario's opening theaters as of January oh, the end of this month. Yeah. 50% capacity. Cool. Yeah. They might close again. They might close again by first week of March. Who knows? You know what I mean? True, yeah. There's, There's a solid, no There's a no solid four weeks there. We don't know. But, They'll still um, come out in America because they don't close yeah, anything. I'll, <laughs> I'll drive into the States and say I'm going to work and then I'll go, go watch it. But um, leading, leading up to it. Uh, I'm trying to make my way through a backlog of Batman comics that like I'm trying to catch up on and then I also want to reread a few of the comics that Matt Reeves the director of the Batman has like specifically cited as influences because they're not the usual ones like every other director it's like what was an influence and they're like the Dark Knight Returns and maybe Batman Year One and I was like okay (laughs) great like I've read those that's like baby's first Batman comic I you know I don't (laughs) But these ones are like more particular, kind of like still popular, but more like offshoot ones that I haven't read in a long time. So I'm, I'm trying to like get that into rotation as well and catch up on my Batman reading. Um, it's very important to me. So That's cool. Uh, so like you, you said there was a list released by Matt Reeves, or I don't know if it was Matt Reeves personally, but of the ones, yeah. uh, the movies inspired by, do you know like the complete, like list of the events and stories yeah so it's not like i don't think he ever specifically was like here is my list i was more just like throughout being interviewed um during pre-production and production or whatever these were the comics that he kept citing in interviews and so people like on the internet now leading up to the movie have kind of put them all together and been like this is the reading list of stuff that he specifically mentioned oh Um, the the cool thing is that most of them are actually origin books but just different origin books so batman year one which is the post-crisis which i did a whole (laughs) deep dive on what we talked about in the batman episode basically that is like batman episode yeah that's like the status quo batman origin uh going forward starting in like the 80s uh is batman year one that's also what christopher nolan drew influence from for batman begins so that's one of them but then there's a few other origin books there's batman earth one um which it was a offshoot kind of like standalone series almost like the ultimate comics and spider-man um written by jeff johns so that was like a mini series that happened so he's drawing from that as well and then he's also drawing from scott snyder who took over during the new 52 era and he has like a really seminal run on batman 
um, and his origin, which is Batman Zero Year, which both Batman Zero Year and Batman Earth One feature the Riddler as a villain, interestingly enough. So those two were referenced, and those are the, like, origin ones that that were referenced, but then he also referenced this book called Batman Ego, which is, like, a really, really short book that I never read, but a a YouTube channel that Dan and I watched called Comic Pop, um, they, like... They'll do deep dives on like famous comics and like ex- basically walk through the whole story. So I, I also checked out that video as well, and that one was really cool because it's it's not that book isn't really so much of a narrative as it is like just like a psychological explore, exploration of the character. Um, yeah, and it's really it's really cool. I, I'm I'm very much digging what he's going for, and so I'm gonna go back and try to read all those. And and I offered Dan, I would offer to you, Carol, but you're eight hours away. But obviously, if you want to borrow and read any of the comics before the movie, uh, you're more than welcome to as well, because it could be fun. And they're they're all pretty short. They're all like you can knock them out in a day. They're not like big omnibuses. Oh, they're just okay. like they're like single trades. It's it's nothing, nothing too uh, too hectic. So yeah. Also, I'm very sad because the soundtrack for the Batman is releasing tonight, and oh yeah, we could have live recorded to it on the podcast, except it's being released at nine Pacific Standard Time, yeah, which is like midnight, midnight, yeah, for us. So, oh. uh, yeah, I'm just gonna have to listen to it tomorrow. Fine for but. Dan, but uh, <laughs> I go to bed at 10 p.m. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I go to bed like around 11:30, so I could push it just to hear it once, but I'll just I'll just listen to it in the morning. I don't want to like I want to wait till the movie personally to listen mm. to it anyway. So I'm probably not gonna fair probably enough. not gonna touch it right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. I still haven't listened to the Spider-Man one, so I probably won't listen to this one. Let's be honest. What's Spider-Man? the Spider-Man soundtrack? The one that you said ruined the movie before oh. it came out. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah, how did it ruin the movie? I okay, want to look talk it up this. now. First now of all, that it's come out. Spider-Man. Yeah, let's bridge into we definitely want to discuss No Way Home. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think safe to say we all absolutely loved the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um for me, it's very firmly like number 3 spot in my MCU rankings, I think, only under Infinity War and Endgame. Like, that's how much I love the movie. Very, very good. I don't know about you guys. Do you guys have, like, a a general area in your MCU movies, you would put it? It's probably... I'd probably say it's the same. It's definitely high. Yeah. It's up there. Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything I would want to rewatch before that right now. So, like, it's yeah. definitely up there. I think, well, we all definitely agree Infinity War Endgame is, like, the gold standard. Right? We're, like, yeah. on the same page there. And then, yeah, for me personally, I, I'm i tempted to put Winter Soldier mm. higher, but yeah, not I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I, st- I mean, I one thing's for sure. I can't wait to watch it again. Obviously, we couldn't see it anymore before theaters closed, but once it gets a wide release, or, like, a home release, I mean slash on disney plus i am very excited to watch it again yeah it's um it's great we obviously all loved it should we should probably put like a spoiler section in the description for the video yeah, no of course <laughs> so in case people don't want to be spoiled by the time you... this comes out it's gonna be like March. i mean <laughs> i guess i think it, it should be probably long enough yeah, yeah. okay everyone also... who will have wanted to see it probably will have uh, seen it 
Also, let's be honest. We all knew Andrew and Toby were in the movie. Okay. Yeah. We all we knew talked it. about this on Surprise. our Raimi trilogy episode. Like we knew this was happening forever. Absolutely. I know. I I told you guys this the story like privately, but I just want to tell it on here, which is that the day I was going to see it, I was leaving work and talking to a friend. And the friend I was talking to was like, tell me how it is, but no spoilers. I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen a trailer. I don't know anything about the movie. And I was like, okay, totally, no spoilers. And then he goes, oh, but I know Toby and Andrew are in it, though. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, because everyone fucking knows. Everyone and their parents know. Everyone's grandparents know. There's not anyone on Earth that didn't know they were going to be in the movie. Um, didn't change the fact that it was awesome yeah. when they showed up. So. It was yeah, because we didn't know how they were going to be worked in. Yeah. It's really fun. That was fun. Um, so to go to the soundtrack thing that Carol brought up, because oh, yeah. yeah, like it up now, yeah. So, but it's funny because the the official soundtrack doesn't have spoilers in the title, like mm. the one that's now officially released by Sony. But there was like a soundtrack like songs listing that came out the week before that literally had a song called May's Death. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, I, 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 fuck, that's not good. Oh, um, that sucks that that was spoiled for you. To be fair, though, like our uh, our friend Rachel, obviously you guys know, yeah. one day we'll probably be on the podcast when we talk about Marvel stuff. But her and I, like the, the group of us friends, we have a group chat where we like send each other like MCU, like potential news to get excited about. But Rachel and I will also privately talk about like really spoiler heavy shit. So, like, we don't want to necessarily put on oh. you guys. So Rachel loves something... to spoil things for herself. See, I, for me, it's, like, I don't mind. So, like, I already kind of knew Aunt May was going to die because Rachel and I had talked about how, like, there's tons of rumors she was going to die. Mm. And so when I saw that soundtrack listing, I was like, yeah, okay. Like, I, I already kind of knew this. So to me, it's like, I don't mind knowing that she was going to die. It would have sucked if I knew that she was going to get the with great power comes great responsibility line before she died like that would have been the real spoiler just the fact that she died like whatever for me it's all about like did the context of it get spoiled and even with like we talked about andrew and toby being in the movie like as the context of it wasn't spoiled like all the jokes that they actually said weren't spoiled so just knowing that they were there was like okay like i mean i'm sure it still would have been wild to know nothing but yeah but not in this day and age yeah it's just it's impossible it was surprising, though, how much they were in the movie. Yeah. Like, they were probably... It was probably close to an hour of runtime that they were in the movie. At least Andrew, because he comes a little bit earlier, obviously. Yeah, well, it's like the whole... Right at the end of the second act into the third act, which is like... At, like, minimum 45 minutes. Like, it, there's no yeah. way it's less than 45, so... And I think we yeah. were probably all expecting, like, maybe a 30-minute cameo at most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they actually had, like, like, hearty roles at well, the end. Well, because I feel like after all the hype, it would have been, it would have felt unfulfilling to have them just for, like, 30 minutes. Like, just to physically fight a big bad boss, you yeah. know? They had to have a little more. Yeah, but that brings up a good point, too. And, like, this is also something we've talked about in chat, but not on recording ever. Like, I, when that first trailer came out, and it just showed uh, Alfred Molina. I could not believe... Like, that alone yeah. was something I would have never expected. And that, honestly, if I wasn't spoiled by learning the other stuff later on, and, like, obviously the expectation that with Alfred Molina comes Tobey Maguire. Yes. <laughs> like, isolated from that, 
the fact that we were getting (laughs) Melina's Doc Ock again was like a fever dream for me. That alone would have been enough in a vacuum. But the fact that we got four other previously seen villains... Um, and even the ones that suck, like just yeah, seeing them say, again. I wasn't excited about any of Andrews. no, <laughs> no, they me suck. neither. Sorry but the fact that Jamie they're there, Fox. it's so bizarre and so like weird. Yeah, and something I never would have thought in a million years. And then again, yeah, like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, oh. like the cameo by J.K. Simmons in Far From Home, could not have prepared me for <laughs> the surprises in this movie. Dude, I, I thought I was upset the there wasn't a scene of like them all watching the news and being like, "Wait, how is the same oh. news guy? <laughs> how is he the same person yeah. in every universe? Yeah, that why is he, been why so is he the, good. the constant? Of, why is he at the nexus of every universe? <laughs> I wonder if that that's gonna play awesome. a big role in the Doctor Strange film. <laughs> well, and yeah, He's like the talk, yeah. talking about like rumors with that, like I would be shocked at this point if they don't bring them back for that. Like from everything rumor wise that i've heard is that seeing the success of this which i don't know why you would need to see the success of this but sony (laughs) was like maybe we should like bring them back for more multiverse stuff like yeah no shit sony (laughs) like what the fuck were you waiting for and even on their end do they realize how much they would make from this do they realize how beneficial it would be even for them i know like just do it there's nothing holding you back at this point you know there's a clear audience for this spider-man no way home made like isn't it one of the highest grossing movies of all time already it's like in the top like five or something yeah wow (laughs) and we're in the middle of a pandemic yeah that's what i'm saying (laughs) like if we weren't i'm pretty sure this avatar could never oh my god oh this year guys avatar 2 this year (laughs) i'm so excited Guys, are we going to rewatch Avatar one together? <laughs> yes, I don't remember we are anything. definitely going to. We <laughs> could, we could just Avatar shit on that so movie. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so good. But yeah, like not but, Avatar. No, I mean Avatar. Is, <laughs> Avatar's dumpster fire. Yeah, it's not a dumpster fire. It's just no. Not, it's just so generic like, that fine. I can't believe yeah. it is the highest grossing <laughs> movie ever at it's one like, point. But did you I not highly... remember watching it and loving it? I loved it. No, I, really? well, I didn't even see it in theaters. Okay, okay. I saw it in I theaters it and I loved it. Way after the fact. See, I also saw it in theaters. I don't know if I was like, "This is my favorite movie ever," well, but no. I do. I remember leaving theaters and being like, "That was a cool sci-fi movie." Like, I had a good time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at the time, Transformers was my favorite movie, so I don't trust my opinion <laughs> the first one? from back then. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, but I like rewatching Avatar. I think I watched it like a year ago because Maddie was like, "I haven't seen this in a long oh, time." Oh, really? Like, mm, okay, so we rewatched it. It was on Disney Plus. Um, and yeah, I mean, it it's is. just like, here's the thing: love him or hate him. James Cameron is a talented filmmaker. Yeah, I mean, does anyone sure. hate James Cameron? Nah, I mean, he's like, I don't think so. Hey, wait for his jaw, Sweden. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, oh, I don't know. Oh interview God. era. We, we oh, yeah, sure he has some skeletons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, well, have you guys heard? Well, I know Dan oh, no. knows this, but James Cameron in the '90s had written a screenplay for a Spider-Man movie. He was going to make a Spider-Man movie, <laughs> and it's wild. It is like, I was like, "What the fuck is this like screenplay?" It's very interesting. It's on the it's internet. Oh, I was going to say, like, like, how do you know? <laughs> it's on the internet. Okay. Um, and and then that YouTube channel we watched like covered it. They like okay. went through the screenplay and explained the story of it, but. Um, yeah, like, 
Avatar obviously still functions as like a sci-fi action movie decent enough but it's just like I don't understand why it's the highest grossing movie of all time like it's just it's just like we shouldn't steal land from people like yeah <laughs> I know like the thank villain you. sucks the main character sucks yeah the Remember when he was going to be a big thing for like five minutes? He was in everything, that guy? Sam Worthington? Sam Worthington, yes. Yeah. Do you remember Clash of the Titans? Yeah, I remember Terminator <laughs> Salvation. Oh, yeah. He was everywhere for Is like that the one, one with, year. um, uh, oh, what's his name? Christian Batman. Bale? Yeah. Yeah. Batman. <laughs> that's, that's the one where he like flips out on set. Oh, He's yeah. Like, we are done professionally. And he like has a giant meltdown. It's hilarious. Yeah. Best thing to come out of that movie. <laughs> yeah let's let's going back to spider-man briefly mm-hmm. just want to touch on uh the fact that now that the movies come out like andrew garfield has been talking a lot in the press about his experience working on it or, or whatever and one of the other things that's just been like a fun little denouement to the experience of it is hearing him tell stories about how just genuinely excited and like how much fun the three spider-men had together because like that energy comes through on the movie, but also, yeah. you know, they're actors. It could just be, you know, edited together, and maybe they had a terrible time. But, like, I was literally just before this watching an interview with him where he was talking about how him and Toby just spent, like, two weeks just, like, fucking around and just coming up with, like, funny shit that they could do. And, like, I guess, That's like, awesome. also, like, Toby Maguire, obviously, as we know, back in the day, was on, like, a power trip and wanted <laughs> to, like, destroy people's lives, I guess. But... <laughs> evidently has like calmed down because he was talking like andrew was talking about working with him and how even it was like toby's idea to do the whole back joke which i just think shows oh, like i so believe mu- that so much growth because like that's like such a meme about himself and like for him to be like yeah fuck it we'll just make fun of me whatever i have a bad back like that'll just be a dumb thing and like people will know back in spider-man two days i was being an asshole and whatever so um <laughs> Yeah, like, it's just, it's really heartwarming to, to see that they all had a really great time together. And I hope they get to do more shit together, because they all have too. great chemistry. But at the same yeah. time, like, if Toby was still a dick, I just don't think... Because, like, the people who make these Marvel movies care about them. And I just can't imagine sure. them, like, a, not allowing him to be on sex. Like, he he's Toby, he has to be there to be Toby Spider-Man. But, like, if he was still a dick, it just wouldn't work. Like, they'd probably have to yeah. cut down his role to almost nothing <laughs> just to, like, have yeah. the energy be right. I think Yeah, so. he was just, he, I mean, this, the Raimi Spider-Man movies were huge when they came out. Yeah. And not that it condones, like, it getting to his head at all, but that's just, that's basically what happened. Like, he... He thought, like, I don't know. He, I wouldn't say, I don't know exactly, like, the specifics of of the type of person he turned out to turned into, but Have I do remember Molly's in game? Molly's game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I know. That's all I'm going off of. <laughs> he was allegedly, like, part of that scandal. Michael Sayers' um, But like Marco said. anyone who has seen yeah. the movie. <laughs> Player yeah. X. Player X. Um. But like Marco said, I think he he's just like an older person now, and like much like his character, he's wizened a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's kind of heartwarming to see. Also, I was thinking, uh, like, despite the surprise of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man in the movie, what else? Like, he's barely been in any movie since like that era of his life. So just him yeah. seeing him on screen again in a theater was so weird. Yeah, I think and the, cool. the last thing I've seen him in was The Great Gatsby with DiCaprio. Same. 
probably uh, which is like 2012 but andrew was talking about that because i don't i think he legitimately has just like retired from acting since then but um in this interview andrew was saying how he could like see toby like getting back into acting a little bit when they were doing stuff together and he was like that was really nice to see because i guess like he was such a big fan of his growing up that he was like it was genuinely like fun and heartwarming for me to see this guy that i idolized like actually get to have fun doing this again and be like oh yeah like i remember and i like this thing and so yeah and it's also just it's just one of those things where it's so funny how the the characters they're playing so perfectly like imitate where they're at in their own lives yeah Yeah. it's so so freaky to his comeback (laughs) yeah but it adds so much to it i i really love it and yeah it's it's a great movie great experience also daredevil showed up that made me really happy (laughs) yeah god i mean what a movie what a movie what a movie you know Um, it wasn't a movie (laughs) matrix i was just gonna say the matrix (laughs) four tell me everything well also i'm kind of glad because i was gonna have to watch like the second and third one if we did an episode on it um and now Mm -hmm. i don't have to. and now you don't which is good because those movies are also garbage (laughs) yes you can just live knowing that there's one perfect movie out there called the matrix (laughs) and dan and i both rewatched it uh like on after yeah after the fact because we were like, I want to watch a good Matrix movie. <laughs> Literally, I will. Yeah, yeah. To get like the on bad New Year's taste Eve. Out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because it's so bad. Um, I mean, look. okay, it's not like it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. No, and I think both of us agreed. I don't know if you've changed your mind on this. It's better than the sequels. So I have changed <laughs> my mind on this. Oh, have you? <laughs> now let me let me preface this by saying a few things. And okay, first of all, we saw this movie at like. 10.30. Yeah, it was a late. We went to a 10.30. Yeah, we had to go to a late show. On a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. (laughs) I had work. I'm a grandpa now, okay? So, like, there was definitely a factor of the experience where I was like, fuck, I'm so tired and this movie is still going. That didn't help. What was the runtime? It's like two and a half hours. It's like two and a half hours, yeah. Why? (laughs) Yeah. Like everything now? Yeah. Um... Oh, also the Batman. It's gonna be three hours. I don't know if you guys saw. They just released. The Whoa! Oh I'm fine. I'm fine with that because it's Batman and it's Matt Reeves and it looks yeah, good. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm bringing my uh, and a justified. water bottle. I don't know. Like I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't do this. I get it. So, but here's the thing, right? We leave the Matrix, and Dan and I, I think we were both on the same page of like, not the worst movie we've ever seen, better than the Matrix sequels, but doesn't hold a candle to like the original film, and. The longer I've sat with it, the more, like, visceral, like, anger I have towards it. Because there's, like, 20 minutes of the movie, like, the first 20 minutes, that could have been really cool if they just made a movie that was the first 20 minutes. But then they did it. Yeah, I agree. And then they just, and we'll get into the, we'll spoil it for you if you want, but, like, then they get into just the lore of the matrix two and three and like continuing that story which fucking sucks the but boring I, stuff the boring stuff and that's what most of this movie is and i will still agree that i think this movie is better made than those two movies because like the cgi is better and whatever like i think it's a better made movie but in terms of like what matrix movies would i rather watch at least two and three to me as bad as they are feel like they're continuing the story of the matrix in a more natural way where i'm like i i see i understand how these two are sequels to the first one whereas this one is like such a weird 
fucking thing that I just can't parse and I like it's it's like such distinct different movies like slapped together that I'm kind of like I don't know I kind of would rather just watch the Matrix sequels where at least that's one long story and it's a stupid story and I don't like it (laughs) but like it's a contained thing like the best comparison I can think of is like the Star Wars prequels which are definitively worse than the sequels (laughs) but at least the prequels in their own contained garbage universe like tell a story whereas the sequels don't the sequels are just like three random movies that's a good comparison actually that's kind of how i feel with this um obviously not like force awakens we all agree is like the best star wars like we all love force awakens here so but i mean just force awakens in the context of last jedi and rise of skywalker like those three movies mean absolutely nothing when put together and they're all better than the prequels definitely they're definitely better made but like i can watch the prequels and be like yeah, this is a story. It's a bad story, but it's a story, and there's funny shit in it, and I can laugh at, least at it. You can laugh along it. Yeah, totally. That's so. That's kind of where I'm at now with this new Matrix movie. It's just like fuck it. That's definitely fair. I think the only thing for me that still puts the new one over the sequels is it felt more experimental at times, and then at times it didn't. Like it felt very generic. Yes. At other times, but those few times where I thought they were experimenting a little bit, put it above because those those two sequels like. I don't know, maybe it was just because, like, the day we watched it, we watched all three together, um, you, me, and Angelo, mm-hmm. we did the whole trilogy, and yeah. it was just so long. Like, I don't even remember where the second movie ends and where the third one begins. They're, like, the same movie. <laughs> Basically. But they did, to be fair, like, they also filmed them together and then released them both in the same year. Yeah. So, like... That's true, yeah. They it is in the same year? 2003. Yeah, like, six months apart. Oh. Weird. Yeah, so, like, it's it's on purpose. It doesn't make it good, but I know what you mean. Like, those movies, the sequels for The Matrix are just kind of, like, one movie, almost, of, like, mm. this is the weird schlock that happens after the original Matrix movie. Yeah, it is just schlock. Like, I know there's uh, part, parts of the story of those movies take place in The Matrix, but I only remember the, like, mm. dystopian um, real-world stuff. That's all I can take yes. away from those yes. that happened, and I don't remember it fondly um so this movie like we said uh we said this off recording just in a chat but like it definitely it was sad that this movie was going to happen whether or not the director wanted it to which was they didn't want it to that's come out now that's like public knowledge so they were like if it's going to happen anyway i might as well take hold of this thing and do it myself So it's unfortunate, it's sad, but um, it's very clear that they cared about what they were doing still. So that's why I think it has a little bit more passion than the sequels, in my opinion. Sure. Again, don't want to rewatch it. Definitely don't want to rewatch the sequels. I only ever want to rewatch the first one anyway. The trailer for the new movie was really good. Oh, yeah, it had so a great trailer. It, they're so good. And okay, Carol, I need to tell you a fun fact that's going to prove we're living in a simulation. Um. I told this to Dan, and he was like, <laughs> so in the trailer, yeah. and they also use this song in the movie, but they play this song called White Rabbit. Okay. Okay? By this band called Jefferson Airplane. Okay? So White Rabbit, the whole song has kind of like Alice in Wonderland like vibes to it, which obviously is like a big part of the first Matrix movie of like, follow the White Rabbit and like... I don't know. There's lots of allusions to Alice in Wonderland about going down the rabbit hole and all that shit. 
Um, they literally say, I bet you feel like Alice. Yeah. Wandering down the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, um, so they use the song White Rabbit by the band Jefferson Airplane, okay? In the trailer and in the movie. Great song. The band Jefferson Airplane was formed in like the 60s, the 1960s, okay? And the first real concert they ever played was at a club called The Matrix. I can't make this up. This is a fact. Oh. Which is fucking mind-blowing to me. Why would there be a club called The Matrix? Because we're living in a in this like movie. before the movie, like other yeah. than like the mathematical matrix. <laughs> but it was before like, this iteration of the Matrix. It is movie. a matrix. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, it's just weird. a bunch of math nerds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this one band. <laughs> yeah. In Jefferson Whoa. Airplane. Huh. That's cool. crazy. But those trailers are so good. And that song is so yeah. good. It's so... Ugh. Guys, on the topic of, uh, like, absurdly good trailers, um, either for movies that didn't turn out well or did, <laughs> like, we should briefly talk about... Because we've been meaning to bring this up at some point. Yeah. Like, what are the best trailers of recent history that you can think of? Okay, I got one. So, right like, starting it off with... Oh, go ahead. The final Force Awakens trailer before the movie came out which that one's good you guys know me and i think here's the reason why because carol we've we've talked about doing this topic before and your thing has always been like you don't generally like really remember trailers super well (laughs) i think what it comes down to for me is that like so much of a trailer has to do with the use of score and like audio editing like to score a lot of times in like a really good trailer mm-hmm. um and we've talked about how I, i'm a pretty big like score fanatic when it comes to movies like i'm I, I pay attention to those kind of things so the last all the force awakens trailers were great there was the first one that was just like a few random images and then you get the millennium falcon with the star wars theme great yeah. there was the second one where it ends with han solo and chewbacca walking on the falcon and he says chewy we're home which like great obviously <laughs> But the third one was really cool because it starts with Ray, and you get Ray's new theme, which isn't recognizable. And then it goes to Finn, you get his theme, which isn't like now would be recognizable, but back then wasn't. Then you go to Kylo, you get his theme, which again wasn't super recognizable. But it's cool because it's like each each one of the main characters of the movie, you get a moment with them in the trailer, and then you get Han and Leia's theme while the Millennium Falcon is flying around, which is obviously super nostalgic. And then you cut inside to Ray saying to Han, like, uh, I heard all these stories, whatever, and Han says it's true, all of it. But he says it in the spot where, in A New Hope, he says to Obi-Wan, like, ah, it's just... uh, I forget the exact phrasage he says in A New Hope, but he's like, "Uh, all hokey religions and ancient religions or whatever. it's It's all bullshit. I don't believe in the Force. Fuck that. So you get, like, the exact inverse of that scene of Han and the Falcon being like, no, it's true, all of it, while Han and Leia's theme plays. And then you hard cut to 
um, the Force theme, which is like my favorite piece of music in all of Star Wars, but they they rearrange it so that way it's not it's not in a minor key, it's like in a major key, and it's played as a march, so it's like it's slowed down and it's way more aggressive, and it's fucking awesome. It just like I just remember like the first time watching that trailer when they hard cut to that piece of music, and I was like Jesus fucking Christ! I was like <laughs> I was like I literally cannot wait for this movie. Like this is gonna be the best experience of my life, and I to this day sometimes I just go back and watch that trailer, and I'm like. Disney like <laughs> you were so close man like like this like this yeah. trailer and this movie like were so good and all you But that's to- a testament that's a testament to like a really good trailer after you've seen the movie for years you still go back and watch the trailer when you could just watch the movie I know. but you really just want to watch the trailer It's so good dude oh my god it's so good I'm going to watch it yeah. again tonight it's just it gets me <laughs> it gets me so hype and it gets me so in my feels for Star Wars even though like everything they've done since then has been trash basically (laughs) but yeah that's that's definitely one of my top trailers like all time for me just on that topic of force awakens i think my favorite of the three was the very first one just because at that point the last star wars movie we had was the last prequel yeah and we all know how that went Mm -hmm. and like the fact that like we could be possibly getting another quality star wars movie was such a foreign concept and also i remember i think it was that trailer where you, me, and a couple of other people at school were, like, in the library at lunch, at the end of lunch, when it dropped. Yeah. And we all watched it together, so that was just, that added to the experience. So good. We were all very excited. And it was just a short teaser. I think that was my favorite Force Awakens trailer, personally. Great. All, all, all three of those trailers were fantastic. Like, whoever yeah. did the marketing for that movie was like, I got this. Like, I'm gonna make the best fucking trailers you've ever seen. They were incredible. Yeah, and they didn't spoil too much. That's also the testament of a good trailer. Yeah, for sure. Um, but on that note, one of my favorites is the second Civil War trailer. Even though, mm. like I just said, uh, The Force Awakens one doesn't spoil too much, I wish Spider-Man wasn't in it. But at the same time, like again, similarly, when that trailer dropped, that was a very big uh, deal. I was, again, at school when I watched that in university this time. But uh, I immediately watched it, and that's still like Civil that's War? one that I. Yeah. Civil War, the second trailer. That came out. When uh, that's university? a trailer. Yeah. First yeah. Twenty sixteen. Oh, my brain is so broken. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's one that I go back to constantly and re- and rewatch as well. I have a specific memory of that too, which is that I was with Rob and Aaron and a few other people, and we were in the library studying, and he just happened to go on youtube and he was like oh this just got posted like two minutes ago and he watches the trailer and i like i'm facing like opposite him we're on either side of a desk so he's watching it he has his headphones in so i don't know what he's seeing he's just kind of watching watching and then he just goes oh fuck and i was like what 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 what?" and then like as if it was like a movie i'm like everyone in the library i just see everyone going like freaking out like individually watching the trailer and i was like what the fuck is happening so then i watched the trailer and of course spider-man shows up at the end and yeah it was like well that was like basically that was like an equivalent of fast forward to now like seeing toby and andrew because at that point just the year prior we learned the unbelievable news that spider-man was like kind of bought out not really bought out but was going to be able to appear in the mcu which is something we never ever thought would happen and just from there, it's been like a domino effect, just like cascading to like more and more things that we never thought we'd ever see on screen. Yeah. Like we're eventually going to see like the mutants and the fan- Fantastic Four 
in the MCU at some point. We don't know how yet, but it's going to happen. Like, Fox has been, for a few years now, bought out by Marvel. We now have Andrew and Tobey Maguire canon in the MCU. <laughs> like, like what the fuck? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. So back in 2015, hearing that was, was like, the biggest thing at the time. Carol, um, I have one you can say if you can't think of one. Because I, I, I remember one. I really can't think of any. That I freaked okay. out about or just that you yeah. know I would have freaked out not, about? Not even necessarily freaked out about, just like <laughs> just a really well-done trailer. Well, I in my remember... defense, I did say The New Matrix because I, I saw it that. Cause That's it, true. It was yeah. around a time when movies were open in that little sweet pocket of time. <laughs> yeah. I think I saw it like 10 times because I went to see so many movies. And every time I was like, hell yeah, this looks good. <laughs> The one I'm thinking of, Carol, was also in first year, and you and I were literally, we watched it on FaceTime together, I think, and it was the second Suicide Squad trailer that had the <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody uh, music behind it, which, which, that was a really good trailer. which, by the way, is such a good trailer it that is. it actually is partially <laughs> responsible for ruining the movie, because it was yeah. so good that the studio was like, hey, trailer editing company... Oh the yeah, movie and we're gonna use that movie instead. Oh, so funny! Is that why? Is yeah. that because of the success of the trailer? They approached so the trailer good. house. It was so high. I think, I think it was two things. It was one the immediate blowback that was happening to Batman vs Superman and like how dark it was, and people were like, "Fuck this!" And then this trailer came out that was way more like fun and energetic. So they yeah they went to the trailer cutting company and they were like, "You guys clearly know how to." <laughs> cut something people respond well you clearly to, know so. how to edit a movie because you edited a <laughs> two and a half minute trailer and when you watch that movie it makes so much sense that a trailer editing company yeah. cut it together because it's all these just like random like just random shit happening all the time there's like no narrative cohesion it's just like yeah it's a, it's a mess did you yeah, guys end up so. seeing the newer one i can't yeah. remember yep. yeah that one was good yeah it's pretty good yeah pretty good. it was like miles better than yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. than the original no, one for sure no it was actually a good movie <laughs> yeah i mean it's james gunn james gunn you know yeah i well, still like i don't like it as much as like guardians for example but yeah. it was like a perfectly decent it was more than decent i'd say it was a perfectly fine uh james gunn movie yeah i liked I it um i would just like to throw in there with this conversation about trailers but the first batman trailer the first the batman trailer mm. yeah which really for me like I mean, we've gotten two more since then, and I think they're both great trailers, but, like, that first one is one that every time a new trailer comes out that I watch, I immediately go back and watch the first one, just because I think it's, like, I think it's, like, a perfect movie trailer, and it just came at, like, the perfect time of all of us being, like, what is this movie? Is this movie gonna be good? And, like, this trailer comes out, and it's fucking awesome, and I know I talked about it when we did our trailer breakdown, but... Oh, yeah, our first ever bonus episode. First ever bonus. Um going back to like the use of music which like i've talked a lot about with this trailer but the fact that like it's the nirvana song but then it's also the original score for the movie like superimposed on their nirvana song and just like that that as its own interesting piece of music and how the trailer is cut to that i was just like this this fucking rat this is a great trailer and it gets me so hyped for batman gotta put that out there interesting that it's all like superhero sci-fi action well yeah that's <laughs> I mean, true no that's heavy comedy <laughs> romance so but here's the problem i find with comedy sometimes is like it's a lot of times it's so hard to capture the context yeah, of why yeah. something would be funny in a trailer so i just end up like cringing at comedy trailers or 
again, sometimes it's the scenario of like all the best jokes are in the yeah. trailer, and then you see the movie and you're like, yeah, okay. That's because true. every whether it's a comedy movie or not, like most trailers seem to have some sort of like quirky joke in it. Yeah, and it never lands. Like it's always a trailer joke. Yeah. So when it is a comedy movie that the trailer is for, it really doesn't help. It's more of a hindrance more often. So like, remember when we talked about Twenty Two Jump Street mm-hmm. and how that trailer like wasn't really good, but the movie turned out to be amazing. Um, that's like a perfect example, I think, of like, it's so hard to advertise how good a comedy movie is going to be. That's true. Yeah. Um, and also, I think there's something about. Uh, like a movie or series with a huge fandom behind it that just elevates the the excitement when a when a really good trailer drops for like for example a comic book movie or a Star Wars movie or something like that. Well, going back also to like what I said at the beginning of this, like I, because I think so much of trailers have to play on like it's such a condensed period of time, so it's like you have to really just get to the emotion of like why you give a shit about this thing and like the biggest tool for that a lot of times is using recognizable music or recognizable themes or whatever and so i think fandoms generally have an easier time with that i mean look at what i just talked about with the star wars trailer where like literally just them like using a piece of music but using it differently i was like this is the fucking best trailer ever because it's like instantly playing on my nostalgia for star wars or with the batman trailer of like oh this is a nirvana song like that's a cool take on batman it's like this weird loner kirk cobain guy so but it's like how do you do that for like the french dispatch you know what i mean it's like <laughs> like like you just put quirky wes anderson music yeah. and it's just gonna be like beautiful it's shots like it's like the trailer for every other wes anderson that's movie. the thing it's like i don't know how do you like get to the emotion and like go like oh that was a fucking sick trailer for like a Wes Anderson movie, like you yeah, can. And I'm sure I it's like. good. Yeah, I feel totally. like Wes Anderson movies almost like don't need trailers. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> people will just, just Wes yeah, people will just go see it if you show like stills. Yeah. They'll be like, okay, I don't even need to know the story. <laughs> I'll well, go. to be fair, on that note, and this is kind of a segue that I wanted to talk about anyway, like because I also want to talk about the Endgame trailers. Mm. Like, you remember how long it took to get one the first trailer for that movie and. Yeah. I def I kind of thought like they didn't they definitely didn't need it like they knew who was gonna be everyone knew <laughs> yeah. if they were gonna be getting tickets for that movie or not um and like if you, your mind was already made up so I was wondering if it was gonna be the first time they just didn't release <laughs> a trailer for imagine? an MCU movie <laughs> that'd be but wild. then we got one eventually and it was really good um I can't remember if it was the first trailer or the second one but the one that showed like black and white flashbacks to yeah. the earlier movies that's one of my favorites it's a good one it's really good i i kind of thought they would do that with spider-man um oh yeah because that took forever as well that took forever as well and also like hearing now that the movie's been out like there's been reports that the original marketing plan was just to market it as like a spider-man versus doctor strange movie like they weren't gonna bring up the villains being in it it was <laughs> gonna be and like god that would have been so fucking like i'm just imagining the moment of Doc Ock showing up and us not knowing Alfred Molina was in the movie, Dan, yeah. I think I would have like punched you. Like I would, I literally could not. Like I don't know what I would have done with myself. If, like, okay, but and then like okay, Doc Ock shows up and you're like, oh, they brought Alfred Alfred Molina back yeah. to be the villain. But then you see Green Goblin like Dan, ten minutes later. I, I 
I don't know. I don't know what I would have done with myself. Like, if I did... I, I'm almost glad those things are spoiled because, like, I needed... It would have like, been too much. I needed to... Yeah. Pro- I, I would have, like, like had a full-blown, like... Like, I don't know. Like, I just would have had a meltdown in the theater. I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I can't... I can't yeah. yeah. And again, like we were saying before, it's even... It's less that they're in the story and more that this happened at all. Yeah. Like, when that trailer dropped, I can't believe... Yeah, I still can't believe sometimes that, like it actually exists just because of like the cooperation between Sony and Marvel to that extent. I did not have faith in that ever happening. I think that's what makes it so surreal for me. Yeah, me too. I totally agree with that, with that sentiment. Um, but also, uh, I was going to talk about the man of steel trailer. Oh yeah. Was it and good I think actually we, or bad? We talked about it. It was good. Okay. Uh, I think we briefly talked about it on the Man of Steel episode. Yeah, it was I've, because I've it was kind good. of erased those episodes in my mind. I don't blame you. That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, that trailer was way too good for that movie's right. It I was, think. Yeah, it, and it was like I think I had said it on the episode, but like it was like they took every good, actually Superman feeling scene and put that in the trailer, and so like. I just remember watching that trailer and be like, this is going to be the definitive Superman movie. I was like, they fucking nailed it. This is incredible. And then you watch the movie and it's like, oh, those are the only good Superman scenes and everything else is just like weird. Just like weird Zack Snyder depression. So, yeah. But. That's unfortunate. Hey, speaking of uh, Zack, Zack Snyder. Snyder. <laughs> he was mentioned a lot in that Joss Whedon thing. <laughs> oh. I would love. Have you guys both yeah. read it? I read it at yeah. work today. Uh, if my bosses cool. are listening, no, I didn't. Um, but yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> before we talk about it, my lips are chapped. I need to deal with that. Very important. Be right okay. back. Okay, I will just, I'll give some context to the listeners for if, if you don't know. Uh, basically, there was an article written. I don't know who the original person that wrote it worked for. It's been picked up by a lot of different publications and like reprinted, but I don't know who the original inter- um uh, with interviewer, yeah, network. I, I don't know. I don't know how Vulture. news works. I thought they were from Vulture too, but then I thought they were like from some New York magazine I heard today. I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Well, I have a feeling because it's called the Vulture, it picks up different news stories from other sources. Mm. Yeah. So I think I think that link is probably the most popular one, but I I don't know who the original. But whatever, we're getting. I'm getting sidetracked. The important thing to say is that Joss Whedon, as we kind of talked about um, on our Justice League episode, which is now almost a year old. Um, basically was called out for tons of misbehavior, uh, not only on the set of Justice League, but then after that kind of story started to be broken by uh, Gal Gadot and also um, Cyborg. I can't remember the actor's name. He's, he's a young... Uh, Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher. Thank you. They were sort of at the front of being like, hey, Joss Whedon is a piece of shit. Um, and then after that happened, a lot of like stories started coming out about his pra- past jobs and and so he just kind of disappeared, as many somewhat canceled celebrities do. They just they kind of disappear. He had a, a project in development that ended up getting canceled, and so we haven't like heard from him in a year. And then, cut to like two days ago, I'm sitting at work and I see, hey, Joss Whedon has done an interview, and I'm like, oh boy, I'm like, let's see what PR attempt he's done to try to convince people that he wasn't in the wrong. And instead, <laughs> instead, this man. I think committed su- like career suicide, like intentional career suicide. Maybe I I don't. So it's this interview he did where he's essentially like 
denying the stories people that have said but then providing examples of shit that's even worse than what was said (laughs) yeah so like i don't understand like what if he's that delusional about himself i don't know but i'm very curious like what is your guys take on all of this um it's pretty funny (laughs) in my opinion (laughs) yeah because like context all i knew was like anything that came up that we discussed when we were talking about you know the the snyder league um film or whatever the fuck yep, the <laughs> we snyder called league. the snyder oh, cut. League. yeah the league. League. Oh, the snyder cut, yeah um yeah so whatever we talked about during that episode was kind of all i knew about him and then like i recently watched buffy for the first time ever so I knew that, like, you know, he created that, and, like, I'd dabbled in Firefly a few times, and I knew he created that, and that was kind of it and all I cared to know about, because, um, like, in terms of celeb gossip, I find that directors aren't usually, or, like, writers or showrunners are not usually on the top of the uh, gossip pages for me, um, mm-hmm. so I didn't really know anything, but reading that, I found it hilarious because I missed that whole, like, time period when he blew up during Buffy and stuff. And, like, I knew Buffy was a big show. I'm not, like, dumb. Like, even if I wasn't around, like, just culturally, I know it was a big deal. But I didn't know people were, like, lording him as this, like, feminist icon simply for writing this show with a female protagonist. And, like, yeah, she fights vampires, but she is not empowered in any other way on that show and like it's so funny just seeing how far feminism has come since then because like i watched the show for the first time a year ago and i was like yeah it's entertaining in the same way like season one of riverdale was entertaining you know what i mean but i'm not like this is great writing this is an empowered woman badass character i was just like no this is like funny you know and so Mm -hmm. then reading the lore that came out in this article i was like oh really that's that's what we were praising back then hilarious he he like was literally the go-to like feminist writer like to the point where he was attached to write the screenplay for both a wonder woman and background movie oh my god at one point and i was like it's just so funny to look back on now and be like wow it makes no sense to me yeah well, the article even said he won an award <laughs> at, like, like a, an award show for, like, uh, representation of, like, female representation in media. And, like, w- first of all, why? <laughs> and second of all, like, it's so weird to award a man yeah. f- for that. Like, again, this was how many years yeah, ago now? Like, 20? Like, basically Something, two decades yeah, ago. Yeah. But wow, that was, uh, that's pretty sad. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I could think when I read that. I mean, I think a lot of it is just at the time, like, Buffy was just the only genre show that had a female lead. So, like, just by virtue yeah. of the fact. Just the standards were so low. Like, it's like, he wrote a, sh- a genre show that has a female lead, so therefore, like, this is representation <laughs> and he's a feminist and we should give him an award for, like, putting a female lead. Like, I think that's literally all it is. Because, and I get, like... Don't get me wrong, like, yeah, 20 years ago, I'm, that is, like, a big deal, because there just weren't genre shows that had female leads, and obviously we've come so far since then, but it is weird to, like, give him an award for it, and also to have him then be known as, like, this good feminist writer, quote-unquote, in Hollywood, 
that would be attached. Like a beacon? Yeah, like I don't, I don't know, it's real weird. But then every single human woman who has ever interacted with him is like, yeah, he's not great. <laughs> yeah. This mega uh, Did you guys... Oh my god. Oh, when you were reading through the article, did you get like BoJack Horseman vibes? <laughs> Kinda. Yeah, kinda, like that honest, interview yeah. BoJack gives towards the end of the series where he tries yeah. to redeem himself. Where he commits it, career yeah, suicide. It very much yeah. felt like that. Yeah. And it's just like the whole show of that is just like a constant like snowball into like more and more shit. And it's kind of like the pacing of this interview. Like it just got, seemed to get worse and worse with everything that he said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just don't, I just don't understand. I don't understand why he thought, I mean, some highlights from the interview is him saying that he didn't Hello harass, lights. he didn't harass Gal Gadot and that she probably, you know, English isn't her first yeah! language. She oh just didn't God. understand him. Oh. I was like, I was like, my God, dude. Like, you And there was also the line, there was the line where he was like, uh, like, I felt like I had to sleep with all those women. Yeah. yeah. I, I knew it was horrible, but I couldn't not. Yeah. Like, yes, you could. You could easily just <laughs> not do that. I not. I ha- yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was married for context at the time. Oh, yeah. And also, they there was, like, a rule on Buffy where a 16-year-old girl was never allowed to be left alone with him. Yep. For reasons unknown. Also yep. admitted to committing manslaughter at five years old, kind of. <laughs> okay, well, I was no, confused about that one. Just that he left the kid, and that was his source Look, of PTSD. I feel like that's more on the parents, to be honest. <laughs> I get it, but it's just like, in this interview, where you have already thrown your career under the bus, to also be like... I invited a five-year-old to come swim with me, and then I left him, and he died. He is was a also very five fucking... at the time. No, I get it, but it's like, <laughs> like, like for actually, context, he was five. For people the kid who was didn't four. read it, don't make it seem like this adult Joss Whedon. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> cool. so Joss Whedon, when he was five years old, invited some four-year-old friend to go swimming with him. They went swimming. He left the kid alone, and later it turns out the, the kid drowned. He died. Okay, that's the story. But my point is just like. Like, this, you have to imagine Joss Whedon, like, sat down in the, to this interview to be like, this is going to rehabilitate my career. Like, this is going to be the thing that lets people be on my side again. Why the fuck would you ever tell that story? Even if it's like, yeah, obviously he's five years old. He didn't intentionally try to hurt this kid. Like, it was clearly just a dumb accident. But, like, why bring it up? Like, why are we even remotely talking about the fact that he someone... He brought it up like a saving throw. Yeah. Like, I don't... I don't, like, I, I just, it's it's just baffling to me. And then you get to the Ray Fisher stuff where he says that he cut him out of the movie because he's a bad actor and those were the worst parts of the movie, even though oh, yeah. all of us, after watching the movie, universally were like, oh yeah, this is good stuff. Yes. And then he said that Ray Fisher, apparently, he thinks, is being, like, used by Zack Snyder because Zack Snyder was just butthurt. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. <laughs> And, and how Zack is a malevolent force trying to, like, get his movie out there and using all these stars. I was like, dude, like, this is, this is just, this is insane. Like, you have to understand that you sound like an insane person right now. Like, these aren't normal I, thoughts. And I liked when the article talked about, like, it's almost like Joss Whedon and Zack Snyder are, like, fl- they flipped places from their, like, reputations in the early 2000s yeah. now. Like, Zack is actually, like writing more progressively and joss whedon has like completely basically he is like basically writing in it in the way that 
like early Zack Snyder stuff was, where it was just very misogynistic among other things. And um, like this Justice League movie is a perfect example. Like Ray Fisher, his role was butchered in the theatrical theatrical cut. And like you said, we all agreed when we watched the Snyder cut, like not an amazing movie, but the standout thing was that like this could have been like a cyborg movie. Yeah. At its heart, and then like that was sort of the, uh, like the it set the stage for getting the Justice League together. It made so much more sense than the shitty. And fucking... I don't think he was a bad actor. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Like, so I don't know where that came from either. Yeah, but it's just he such like an a... excuse other than like racism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Basically. but but the thing is, like, here's the thing. He could have just said, like he he could have just said. Yeah, I mean, you guys saw this. You guys saw the Snyder Cut, and it was a four-hour movie. But the studio told me I couldn't release that, and I had to cut it down. So I had to cut out whatever I could. To, like, there's so many other ways to explain cutting that stuff out of the movie, other than taking a personal swing at Ray Fisher for some reason. <laughs> like, it's yeah. so childish. And then the other thing, like going back to the Gal Gadot stuff, that like I found fascinating, right? Is that this whole big argument happened because of that dumb scene Joss wanted to put in, where the Flash falls on her boobs and is like whoa and like gets up super fast after and gal was like i don't want to do that and like that's where this whole fight comes from and when joss allegedly according to gal which i trust her on this said basically like if you don't do this i'm gonna like ruin your career or whatever like which apparently he said before but claims he never has (laughs) yes yes but here's the thing is like when talking about that it's like he completely misses the fact that like half of why that's fucked up is because of the scene in the first place. Yeah. And he's just like, no, I didn't yeah. I didn't say that. She must have misunderstood me. And it's like, okay, but you still wanted to add a scene in an hour and a half long movie for no reason where the flash falls on her boobs as a joke. Like, do you not understand that that in and of itself in is In 2017. Stupid? Like, that has no place in this Justice League movie. It's just like he's, I don't know, he's so out to lunch, dude. Like, I, I it's, uh, yeah. I, I was like, just sitting there at my desk reading this on my lunch being like holy fuck like this this can't this is i genuinely guys like for like a minute i was like is this a like a pair like is this like a, a satirical article like an onion article like is this a joke well, like is this especially since like he's created so many things we know in theory he is an intelligent man this interview was dumb he yeah he admitted to the interviewer he was just going to excuse himself to go to the bathroom every time he was uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. He just said that things never happened when he had several sources saying like, oh, he's called he called me fat when I was pregnant to like multiple different people. And his response was just, I would never do that. Um, like so many. Or one of his responses was, that seems false. Yeah, like so many of the complaints like, were just false. the same incident with different people like decades apart. And every time he's like, yeah. doesn't seem like that's something I would do. <laughs> but also I admit to having PTSD and addictions and uncontrollable mood. But it just yeah, doesn't seem like something I would do. I <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, it is satisfying though in this instance to watch like someone who threatened to end someone's career for something like yes like the incident with gal gadot and now like this is like definitively like the end of his professional career at least like i'm not saying listen there's so many creeps in hollywood he's unfortunately going to get work in the future we all know it but like no one 
he's not the Joss Whedon he used to be anymore, not at all. Or, I mean, apparently he wasn't ever, but, I mean, in the public eye, at least. It's so weird, too, because it's just, like, God. Like, I I don't know. Like, just, like, like, even if he had just come out and been, like, yeah, you know what? I did do those things. I'm an asshole, and I'm, like, gonna do some therapy and not work for a little bit. Well, he's in therapy. I know, but, like, so... (laughs) But that's the fascinating thing to me is that he's in therapy and he's admitting that like he he has like issues and he's trying to work through issues and I'm like okay like fair enough I'm glad you're trying to work through your issues but then at the same time he's like refusing to take any responsibility for these things that have happened like it would be one thing to be like yeah I did do those things that is fucked up and weird and you know I'm not making movies anymore and I'm just trying to be a better person and peace this is the last you're going to hear from me <laughs> peace. cool like that is very and then like in 20 years if you want to reemerge as an old man and be like i'm a better human being now and i would like to maybe make something we can reevaluate that but the fact that he's like just like fuck everyone this is all bullshit i did nothing even though there's like like carol said multiple complaints with like almost the exact same like verbiage from different people and it's like no i didn't doesn't sound like something i would do <laughs> well joss First of all, his name's Joseph. I don't, like, Joss is a dumb name. Yeah. Like, God. He rebranded in college, Marco. <laughs> what a guy. Fuck him. Like, here's the thing. How bad do you have to be for me to be, like, rooting for Zack Snyder? Like, because I don't like Zack Snyder, but the fact that I, like, actively root for him to have success over Joss Whedon is, like, it says a lot. It says a lot. You know what my one takeaway was from this article, aside from Joss Whedon being trash? Is that that? the computer age has changed so much in the last few decades that when Buffy came out, Allison Hannigan just put her number on a chat board with a bunch of fans of the show in it and was like, hey, leave me a voicemail. As if that could ever happen these days. Like, real personal home phone number. She was just like, yeah, this will be great. Tell me. Talk to me about Buffy's. <laughs> Leave me a voicemail. I'll get back to you. That was the it's one striking crazy. thing. I have a screenshot of it just because I couldn't believe it. <laughs> a lot of creators back then used to have like personal message boards. Like I know Kevin Smith was all about that and he would like directly interact with fans and stuff. A lot of comic creators did too. Um, I think Brian Michael Bendis who wrote the Ultimate Spider-Man comics. Like when he was writing those also would just like talk to fans on the message boards about like what was happening like you just had like this well i can understand for like a comic writer for example but for someone on one of the hottest tv shows at the time that is log in every night while you're at it come over and have a cup of coffee at my house too we'll chat in my living room yeah crazy crazy um should we talk about uh briefly uh or sorry did you guys have anything else to say about we've we've exhausted the topic okay i hope we never should probably yeah Well, yeah. I mean, we're eventually going to have to talk about, like, the Avengers movies. We'll try and talk about him as little as possible. You shall not be named. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Do you guys want to talk about No Time to Die a little bit? Oh, Oh, yeah. That was a little while ago. Yeah, let's uh, talk about it. Because we all saw it, right? Yes, yeah. I mean, I know Marco, I saw it with you. We definitely did see it. Carol, you too. I saw it, and it was really good. Yeah, it's really good. It was really good. Um, Funny how it's continues the tradition of every other daniel craig james bond movie being good 
Casino Royale's yep. good. Quantum sucks. Skyfall's good. Spectre sucks. This one's good. So that's, you know, fun. Which is good because it was his last one. So yeah. Yeah, for hopefully sure. Hopefully it would have been good. Yeah, it definitely was his last one because we literally see the frame where his body explodes. Yeah, so there's sad. no getting out of that one. <laughs> no getting out of it. Which, in hindsight, I, I really love this movie. I had a really great time with it. And I'm very yeah. excited for the future of Bond. I'm very excited for what happened in it. Whatever. I do think the editing choice to like see the literal fr- flame, the frame where his body explodes, like, I think that was like a Daniel Craig request. I think he was like, you have to show yeah, the money. He's like, I don't want any way that you can like change things and make it so that I somehow survive. Well, in this that. day like, and there's... age, with all the multiverses and stuff, <laughs> he's probably <laughs> so oh multiverse movie. <laughs> well, then it would be like, then it would be. Sean Connery, who's dead, <laughs> and he would be like the Tobey Maguire figure. Pierce Brosnan sure could come back. Oh my God, Pierce Brosnan could. Oh my God, I wish yeah. that would be incredible. <laughs> but yeah, and like Judy Dench can be like the one. Didn't she's we like almost the have that? Didn't we discuss she's the same this already? All... Wasn't there all? Uh, yeah, well, that's what Skyfall yeah, was supposed to be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, not like a multiverse no. thing. No, yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be the in canon confirmation of the James Bond theory that film fans have which is basically that the reason why in between james bond actors some of the cast is recast but some isn't and how the era is always getting more modern it's just because like james bond and 007 are just a title given to the next person that takes that role so like in continuity from the first sean connery movie until skyfall hypothetically if this happened all those movies would have existed in the same continuity basically and like James Bond would have just been a moniker, and like once you retire, the next person that takes over 007 becomes James Bond. But and in this latest Scott film, Paul, they gave away 007 and not correct. James Bond because it was a woman. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So still the same idea, yeah. though. Same like, idea. She's the new 007. Yeah. Yes. I will say. I will say, and this is not a complaint, more an observation, which is that they brought Phoebe Waller-Bridge on to do rewrites for this movie, and um, I obviously love her. We've talked. Second episode of the podcast, you talk about Fleabag. She's really great. Um, yep. I did think that it was a little noticeable to me the fact that all the dialogue for the new 007 was very, very clearly to me rewrites by her. Like, <laughs> just in the like the attitude of it and the the sound of it, I was. It's almost like I, we talked about this, but whenever I watch Moneyball, and I'm like, oh, like this is co-written by Sorkin, but I'm like, Sorkin wrote that, Sorkin wrote that, Sorkin wrote that, like. <laughs> Whenever she was on screen and having dialogue, it just, it stood out to me a little bit as like, okay, like, this is what they came in to have her do was like to flesh out this character a bit more and fix it up, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I think it it stood out a little bit, but overall, I think it ends up working anyway. It's not, not the end of the world. I do think there was like, maybe like 5% too much. I'm not going to give you 007 back. Mm, and then like, then, she gives him 007 yeah. back. Like... <laughs> Just, like, we could have maybe cut one scene, like, because there were, it happened a lot. Like, yeah. just cut one of those conversations out, I think. But it was just, like, a little too on the nose where I was like, so when is she going to give him 007 back? Because, like, we've talked about this ten fucking times and this is his last movie, so it's going to happen. It's interesting, though, because, so you knew going in that Phoebe Waller-Bridge was a co-writer? Yeah, yeah I did. Okay, I didn't. Okay. That was a surprise to me when I saw that in the end credits. So maybe that's why it didn't stand out to me at all. It that's um, totally a possibility is that I'm just bringing and I haven't, in. Yeah. I haven't watched it since, so maybe like next time I watch it, it could change. I don't know. But uh 
it's also I think it's fine because she clearly focused a lot on that one character for the rewrites. Yeah. If this is true, I mean, not if like it clearly is true. Um, so I think if you're focusing all of it into a single character, it's probably fine because it's like she is just writing this character and like because characters are independent of each other it's okay for like a character to stand out differently than the other characters if like i don't know if this is making sense <laughs> yeah like she's, i don't know if i'm wording like, this correctly but because the dialogue's attributed to like one character it just sounds like that character's distinctive it's like, just being that yeah, character. yeah 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 it makes sense it totally yeah. makes sense yeah that's fair enough but uh anyway like where do you guys rank this one now, after it's been a few months since it's been out? Like, in the Daniel Craig movies. Okay, see, I went into this movie having seen, I think, like, I think I saw the last two, but I've never seen Casino Royale um, wow. or Skyfall. And you still haven't? <laughs> no. You haven't seen Skyfall either? So you haven't seen the best two? I saw <laughs> Spectre, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um... And then Quantum of Solace is the okay, other no, one. Okay, no, Quantum see that? of Solace I didn't see. Skyfall I did see. Okay. Okay, cool. So you saw okay. Skyfall. So, like, those are the last two before this one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't see the first two. I saw the last two. So, obviously, this one I liked the best. But at the same time, like, I didn't really have that background knowledge, nor did I really, like, care. Like, I knew, like, enough to, like, I know James Bond and, like, I recognize, like, the side characters. So, like, when significant people like died or showed up to help or whatever obviously i was like okay i know who that is but and at the same time they did a really good job with me not having all the background and still like caring about everything that happened which was really good you know me i need to feel Mm -hmm. emotion to like a film so i cried it was great um (laughs) but yeah i can't rank them because i i don't i don't care and i don't even remember the last two that much i just really really enjoyed this one (laughs) yeah Marco, what about you? I'm curious, because I think when we came out of the theater, you were still kind of, you you weren't really sure. Yeah, um, I'm still not, just because I haven't seen it as much as the other one. Like, it's been enough time passed from it that I don't have, like, the initial theater reaction, but I still only saw it the once in theaters. Um, like, here's where I'm at. It's difficult, is that Casino... I think is so cool because it's an anti-James Bond film in a lot of ways. It's like, it's it's the James Bond film that retroactively, like, explains the entire franchise, but also, like, does, like, the inverse of a lot of the tropes. It's, like, it's so cool the way it, like, takes everything James Bond is and then, like, goes backwards with it. Much in the same way, I think, like, Star Trek 2009 does a really good job of that as well of like everything you know about star trek but like here's before that and it's like oh that's really interesting the way you've done that and i think that's what casino does and i really really enjoy it and the skyfall i think is just a really great quintessential like james bond adventure movie that's a lot of fun um but it's really hard for me because i just think Casino's so clever at the end of the day that i still think that's probably my favorite just for the way it does the James Bond tropes in like different and clever ways and incorporates them. But I think that, so I think that's my number one. And then I think no time to die and Skyfall are a toss up for me. I would have to see no time to die more, but I think they're like right neck and neck with each other. Um, I think like the problem is they both 
they both have like a few things that stand out to me as like i don't love so like skyfall i don't necessarily love that the villain's plot is just the joker from the dark knight like it's very clearly that so like that always stands out to me and i don't love that the ending is home alone like that's kind of always stood out to me like if it was what do you mean that the ending is home alone well like they go to his old house and they lay booby traps and wait for the guys to come like it's home alone but like and if okay <laughs> if it was if it was like Sean if it actually was Sean Connery as that character or one of the old James Bonds I think I would be a little bit yeah. more okay with it um what we were talking about that old man at the ranch was clearly written to be Sean Connery oh. he's even Scottish oh yeah he's he was dead. it was a last minute decision for sure 100% was supposed to be Connery and I think that would have made it a lot better so like those few things always stand out in Skyfall for me no time to die like I talked about I think the the very very end stands out to me as just a little bit like i don't love the like i don't mind that he dies like that's fine but i I don't love the way he's shown dying because it is a little bit silly and it's kind of like what the fuck like we just watched him blow up on screen and then i don't love how quickly the movie ends after that i I don't love you get like one scene with them drinking like i like the scenes i like the scene of them all drinking in a bond and i like the scene of her being the car being like let me tell you about your dad or whatever i think she says your dad his name was bond james bond I don't, I don't mind, like, those two scenes, but it's just, like, that's all you get. Like, there's no there's no fall in action to it. There's no setting up what's Anadarmas doing. What's, like, the new 007? Like, what what's the future? Um, so, I don't know. They both have stuff I like and don't. So, right now, those are kind of, like, equal for me. But I think Casino Royale is still just, like, such a... It's, like, standalone movie, but then also plays so well with the tropes of the James Bond franchise that I, I love that. Okay, cool. And then obviously Spectre and Quantum. Oh yeah, like... I mean, fuck it. Spectre second last, Quantum's last. I mean, it doesn't. That's not. That's like the Thor two and Incredible Hulk of this franchise. Like they're yeah. the bottom two. Everyone knows it. Yeah. Um. So I think, having thought about it a little bit more, I have also only seen it once when we went in theaters. Um. But. I think it might be my favorite one now. I think like when I came out of the movie, I said Casino Royale was still my favorite. And I still love that movie and Skyfall, but this one, you called Casino Royale, um, like the anti-James Bond movie. I think this one kind of is, in my opinion, because it's the most progressive, first of all, which I loved. Like, when Ana de Armas shows up in the trailer, she was in the trailer, right? I'm pretty sure. And I was like, okay, so she's going to be the next Bond girl. Cool. We all love Ana de Armas. But then she she comes in the movie and it's like, not that at all. And, like, I'm excited to see her in her, like, own movie eventually. And then he has a kid and responsibilities now. And it just kind of, it, like, throws away all of the horribly aged stuff from the history of James Bond so purposefully. Stuff that you and Angelo talked about on the bonus episode. That was a great bonus episode. Um, <laughs> glad you it enjoyed was. it. <laughs> Very entertaining. Uh, yeah, and also just, like, this movie, I thought it was just so classy. It was so well done. Um, and then on your note, Marco, about like how quickly it ended after Bond died, I thought the same way as you coming out of the movie, but now thinking about it a bit more, I think that's perfectly appropriate because of like, he's a secret agent that should never get, like his job was Mm -hmm. never to be, um, acknowledged. It was just like, that's his job. If he dies, he dies. So they're like, yeah, it's sad that he's dead, but we need to like move on with our lives because we have an agency to run. So those, like, literally two scenes, the very short scenes at the end, I felt was, like, perfect for the subject matter. Even though this was the end of the fifth movie of, like, his 
little saga. So like you would expect more, but I think being that it's James Bond about like a, a, a thankless secret agent, I think uh, it was a good decision in my opinion. So like I also um, like I think the cinematography was great in this movie. Yeah, I think probably my favorite cinematography out of all of them. I, I can't agree. remember like oh. anything about <laughs> Spectre and uh, Quantum of Solace. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Well, uh, Skyfall is shot by Roger Deakins. I do I do really like Skyfall, but I think this is up there. Oh, yeah. This is up there for me with Skyfall. Like it's it's really great the cinematography. Like that end sequence, his like last stand. It's so good. And then. We also talked about this coming out. I do wish uh, his last kill would have been like the gun barrel shot. Uh. So that canonically his first kill in Casino Royale and his last kill in this of his career were the gun barrel shots. Dude. Um, But what can you do? Oh, and also one more note. Um, Some complaints about this one was that like the villain wasn't amazing. Not that it was bad. Not that he was bad. But the weapon was crazy. First of all, yeah, that was cool. And second of all, I think any more whimsical of a villain would have detracted too much from Bond. Like, this was Bond's movie. Yeah. It was his last one, so it was... I think Rami Malek was all he needed to be in this story. It would, I, At least in my opinion, it would have been too distracting from the Daniel Craig plot um, otherwise. Like, if we had a villain like Javier Bardem yeah. in this movie... <laughs> Not that that would be bad, but it would just be... Uh, I think this is what it needed to be. So, very much enjoyed this movie. I was very pleasantly surprised coming out of it. I um, I agree with you on the villain thing. He reminds me a lot of Le Chiffre from Casino Royale, and I think what both those villains have in common is, like, they're just a means to an end to tell a James Bond story. Like, fundamentally, it's a character story about Bond. Um, whereas Skyfall is more just like a quintessential James Bond adventure, which is why like the villain takes more center stage. Yeah. And so he doesn't have a lot to do and grow. Um, I want to talk about the kid thing really quickly. Cause I, I, am back and forth on it. Not because I, I'm not opposed to the idea of there being continuity and like him having to deal with the ramifications of being a whore, but like I, well, I mean, he's James Bond. Um, but like this reminds me a lot so in star trek 2 the wrath of khan uh <laughs> captain kirk has a kid where is this going <laughs> captain oh. kirk it's revealed that he has a kid that he didn't know about who's now like a teenager or whatever but it i don't remember the chris oh pine wrath pine of khan one? i'm thinking of no not the chris pine <laughs> one the actual wrath of khan not the fake wrath of khan i'm thinking of into darkness yeah you guys are thinking reason. of into darkness um but the plot of that movie is again like it's coming after the 60s tv show and the first star trek movie and the plot of that movie is how like it starts off and it's kirk's birthday and like him and mccoy are having a drink and it's all about how kirk feels like old basically and also how he he feels not just old but also like he's old and he's cheated through life because this is also the movie where we first find out about the kobayashi maru test and it comes up that like kirk's the only one that beat it but then like and then in the middle of the movie, you find out like, yeah, I beat it because I reprogrammed it. But it all it all ties together thematically with the fact that like Kirk is feeling old and like he's not truly accomplished anything, and he's never like faced consequences for his actions. And then at the end of the movie, this he feels like a hack. He feels like a hack. And then at the end of the movie, like Spock dies, and it's like it's so brilliantly tied together of like, oh, like Kirk couldn't cheat his way out of this one, like. Like, he, he gets to live, but he lives with the guilt of the fact that, like, he couldn't cheat his way out of this one, so his best friend died because of it. And, like, 
he finally has to like grow up as a character and be like i can't just be like the cartoony captain kirk that like always wins at the end of the day like this is this is it is what it is i have to grow up. it's it, it's a fucking awesome movie but like my point with all that just being i don't mind having daniel craig's character have a similar arc of like dealing with the ramifications of like james bond not just in continuity of his own movie but also just like what james bond means and like james bond dealing like the character dealing with the responsibility of like getting older and all the things we've talked about about like how shitty those other movies are and like him dealing with that and having a kid and having to be like a normal human being and not just a cartoon character i'm totally fine with all that the only thing that's a little bit that sets me off a little bit it's just that this is the third movie in a row where the plot of the movie is i'm so old and i shouldn't be james bond okay i gotta come out for one last adventure (laughs) and i just feel like it cheapens it a little bit because like when we when we get that arc for captain kirk like we've built to this moment for so for decades and we finally get to this moment and it's like yeah he fucking is old and like we should have this story but with daniel craig because it's the third movie where he's like i'm old and I have to deal with that. I'm like, yeah, I know. Remember in Skyfall when you couldn't when you couldn't do a pull up <laughs> and you had the bullet in your shoulder? Remember? I know you're old, Daniel Craig. Like, and like that's yeah. that's not this movie's fault. That's the fault of the fact that since Skyfall, every movie was supposed to be his last movie, but they just kept asking him to come back. So like, I totally know. I get that, and I think this movie still does that story well. But it's just like the meta side of it of like, yeah, I like. I wish this was the first time we got that arc for him. Even cuz I think yeah, it's sure. it's the best version of that arc. Yeah. But it's just we've seen it like now a couple different times. So it's like even though it's the best version, I'm like But now okay, that we yeah. saw his body blow up, we'll never get it again. We'll never get it again. <laughs> we'll never get it again. Yeah, it also doesn't help that like clearly there was no direction between the movies no. like yeah. because like you said they were plan- Daniel Craig was planned to leave after every movie since skyfall so they couldn't plan like an overarching like they tried to do a thanos thing with yeah. uh, what's his name and that was just garbage yeah um so you don't watch the movies for that you just kind of watch them with that idea in mind of like the history of the daniel craig yes saga yes but yeah no i think it's i i really enjoyed myself all the things I brought up are nitpicky things, and they all are, like, right at the end. Like, the majority of this movie and its runtime are, like, really fun and engaging. All the stuff that happens with Felix was very sad, but also, like, it was yeah. cool. Like to see. Oh, that was another criticism I had was really minor, was I wish he smoked the cigar at the oh. end. That would have been such a perfect cherry on top. Uh, I don't know. Like, that seems so, like... Set up! It, like, it, yeah. I don't know why it didn't, but... Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. But yeah, I mean, like, I, I love, I think the plot's cool. I think all the action was really great. Um, like we said, Anna Darmas, like, completely stole the show. I'm so sad she was only in one scene because I absolutely love her. And I hope she just gets a spinoff James Bond movie of, like, her just, like, being a secret agent in the James Bond world. Fuck Yeah, it. but, like, they couldn't have yeah. had her, I feel like, in too much more of the film because she stole the show and yes. she was not supposed to be the focus. Yeah. I agree. And she kind of changed the whole mood because she was so, like, silly and clumsy and it's my first time. Like, obviously, she still kicked ass and, like, was great. Yeah. But, like, it was a different mood for, like, the scene she was in. For sure. For <laughs> Which sure. Which I, yeah. I loved She's a new it. rookie. But... Like, it definitely couldn't have been, like, the the through line for his final film. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. But just put her in more stuff. Yeah, they couldn't have done, like, a buddy cop thing with uh, 
Yeah. With her being in the whole no. film and him having to, like, train her. Never would have worked. Never. No. But um, she's so great. She was in... She was supposed to be in some movie coming to Netflix with Ben Affleck or something. But I guess it was, like, too sexual, so they're not releasing it. I don't know. I forget the nature of the story, but it was something to do was with... Was it a porno? I don't know. Because I, I, they were also briefly dating Netflix before we got back. exclusive rights to their yeah, sex to... <laughs> Well, they were dating for, like, That's five minutes. I know. And I... For a while, back I together. think. Oh, really? Long enough to have bit. a cardboard cutout of her. Yeah. He had a and cardboard he, uh, What? Got back together with Jennifer Lopez, which, like, you know, could be worse. When was this? Was this recently? Yeah. Like, yeah, semi-recently. Like within... Happened yeah. in 2021, I think. Totally 2021. Yeah, yeah. for <laughs> sure. For sure. Within the last year. Yeah. Yeah. She's also playing Mar- Marilyn Monroe in, like, a biopic about her. I saw that. That's coming oh really out. yeah i'm excited for it we'll see oh did you guys see the uh being the ricardos movie yet? <sighs> not yet what marco oh, you didn't? i haven't seen it yet either guys. i know it's, I've, been, I've been wanting to it's sorkin i know i i'm i'm guys i'm failing <laughs> i i don't know what's happening I saw to it me. the day it came out guys okay well no spoilers what did you think Was i it? really liked it and i learned a lot you learned that a lot. is my okay. review. Well, because it's like based on you know true events loosely. So yeah. I learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. It was you know it was a Sorkin film, very obviously so. Um, good pace kept me interested. Good performances. Nice. Good good vibes. He directed that one too, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. It's probably safe to assume he's like going to direct everything he writes from now on. Yeah, because well. he can't. God, just make Social Network 2 with Fincher. Just do it. Stop. There's so much. Just call it the metaverse and just, like, uh, make a movie about yeah. Mark Zuckerberg and barbecue sauce. Please, just oh get the band back together. Guys, Andrew Garfield's never been hotter. Jesse Eisenberg, <laughs> like, well. let's just put the team together. Let's make this fucking movie. Come on. Oh my God. I recently watched an interview where Dakota Johnson and Andrew Garfield like reunited since yeah. Social Network, and she was talking about how she was eating lunch with Andrew Garfield and Jesse Eisenberg, and Andrew was like very sweet and was asking her a bunch of questions because it was her first movie ever, and she was just in like that one scene mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and Jesse Eisenberg didn't say a word to her. <laughs> I was just like, I can't believe they let that stay in the interview. <laughs> Like no, but did they no share PR a scene guy was like, you shouldn't shit talk Jesse Eisenberg like that. Nobody likes Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, I guess. Um, but she was only in a scene with Justin Timberlake, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. She didn't share a scene with either of the other. No, two. but she still like ate lunch and had to sit with someone. Oh, I see. Because you know, that's so funny. Same set, but uh, yeah. <laughs> did you guys hear? Also, go for it. Jen. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say. Um, because you were talking about getting the band back together. <laughs> um, maybe not Army Hammer. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. He's Yeah, I mean, we just... Speaking of eating lunch. We don't need to talk about the twins. <laughs> the twins, yeah. Um, Sorry, what were you going to say? Amid all these Andrew Garfield stories <clears throat> coming out, he talked about how he auditioned for the role of Prince Caspian in the <laughs> yeah. Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian, and was rejected oh. because he wasn't attractive enough. which is fucking hilarious who played the actual prince caspian i didn't realize this but it's ben barnes who is like oh he is an actor yeah he's super hot oh from punisher yeah from punisher Punisher? yeah oh shit yeah i I don't if people know him from that better that's where i know him from huh yeah he's very hot but i it's funny because i was obsessed with narnia as a kid and like 
never pieced together that that was Ben Barnes. But I mean, he was so young back then. Like, why would I? Very random Ben Barnes note. I recently found a video on YouTube of him singing a cover of a Daniel Caesar song. And like, okay, it's just really weird. I don't know why, because it's like a like a smooth, like soul type of song. And he's just like this white, I think, like British guy. And he has like one other white guy accompanying him on acoustic guitar. And it's like not great. (laughs) Um, It was a weird thing. I stumbled upon on YouTube. Didn't know he sang. Don't know why this cover was recorded and professionally released, but it exists. Nice. Funny anyone, YouTube rabbit hole. Yeah, if anyone wants to fall down a YouTube rabbit hole. I'm just looking up real quick what else he's been in that I haven't recognized him in. And can you confirm if he's British? He just gives me British vibes. I don't actually know if he's British. But weren't most of the people uh, oh, in Narnia British? Yeah, he's born in London. Yeah. It's like a whole British thing. Well, wow, that's so weird. He just seems like a, a New York native to me. I mean, because I've only seen him in Punisher. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, Punisher really skews that because he's so he's so New York in that. <laughs> New yeah. York. Okay. New also, York. speaking of the, I just today I watched the trailer for the Moon thing. What is it? Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. I almost called oh, it yeah. Night Moon. I didn't realize Oscar night, Isaac moon. had to be British in it. He has such a good British yeah. accent. Yeah, he's it's great. It's amazing. Yeah. I didn't Because, like, I, so, I know he's not British. I've heard him talk many times. I could listen to him talk all day. But uh, <laughs> but I was like, whoa, that's so convincing. I'm so impressed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Moon Knight's weird because, like, he has multiple personalities. And one of them. Are any of them not British? <laughs> yeah. Um, and also. Oh, one, really? yeah. I was joking. No, no, no. The, <laughs> like, the one you hear is British, but they're not all British. Uh, oh. And one of them is a superhero. Who is Moon Knight, which is like basically the premise of the show. It seems kind of spooky. Like, it is spooky. It's kind of like yeah. horror vibes. I'm glad yeah. we're going because like, so um, Dan and I, I actually Dan, did you ever end up watching Eternals? No, that never happened. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> I forgot. Carol has seen it though, but I do I know that the post credit, <laughs> the post credit scene sets up Blade, which is a movie that's happening in the MCU. Oh, um, and Mahershala Ali is playing Blade, which is fucking wild to me that two-time oscar winner mahershala ali is playing blade but um yeah blade is like a vampire hunter so like we're definitely getting there into have like... been blade movies before though no yeah like okay, pre-mcu like, yeah, like i feel like yeah. i've heard of them yeah but they're like it's all it's spooky time spooky yeah. time horror movies so like we're getting into the spooky mcu which is you know I, dan and i or it seems I was, sorry i was just gonna say like we, we've talked about how the 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 true mcu story ended with endgame and now it's just kind of like do weird shit like let's just see what yes. weird shit you can that's do. that's what i'm here for at this yeah point. so it's not i'm not nearly as invested but i'm i'm more here for like the superficial like like what can we do that we've never fucking seen before yes. that's just like bizarre yes and also at the same time i think between the blade thing and this moon knight show it kind of seems like the mainstream MCU stuff is heading more towards what the Daredevil show was. Yeah. Which is awesome because the Daredevil show is like the best thing that's technically in the MCU. I mean, it's kind of and kind of not. Um, That show is amazing. I still like, I think I've recommended it on the show before, but if, if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this, definitely go check it out. I really like Jessica Um, Jones season one as well. Yes. 
Oh, I watched that too. That was good. I remember really, really liking that and then not watching the second season and never thinking about it again. I also have <laughs> The second that. season I heard was bad. It's funny because like Daredevil season one and then Jessica Jones season one came out and everyone was like, holy fuck, yeah. guys, this is the great. And then like only Daredevil was good after that. Everything else was not great except for yeah, like Punisher is pretty good season one. But like, that's it. But yeah. Yeah. Even like upon rewatching that one i didn't feel the same way about punisher it's not the second time around. yeah um i i so i watched all of daredevil and then season one of jessica jones luke cage and iron fist oh wow and Committed. really the only ones that stood out at all were like all of daredevil holds up completely well like okay i'll be honest in season two of daredevil it kind of it kind of like it droops a little bit with like the mid-season Electra stuff yeah i get why they did it because Electra is such a huge um you know daredevil thing but i think the punisher stuff of season two of daredevil is the strongest stuff and i also think his role in that even though it caused us to be like wow i can't wait for a punisher show in retrospect i think his role in that season was all we needed like it was perfect as it was in that season Um, just as the side character, a super developed side character, but still. Uh, oh, and I also watched The Defenders, which was like fine. It was okay. Yeah, I've never even heard of I, that. <laughs> it's like it's just like the Avengers for those oh. four characters. It was whatever. Yeah, not bad. To go to your point about Daredevil season two, like I I do think I agree with you. Like the Punisher stuff is so far like the best stuff. It's like it's incredible and then the electric yeah the electric stuff is like okay like it's it's a daredevil staple so i get why it's there but i almost wish not that it's bad it's just like i want to see more of the Pun- yes. punisher yeah. stuff like cut back to the totally punisher plot. and if you are going to do the electra stuff like i don't need the whole subplot about like the hand in general like like yeah well that was really to set up the defender exactly the main enemy in that and that's why i'm kind of like i don't mind there being like this weird romantic plot with daredevil and electra and like that sexual tension just being like its own little subplot in a season about the punisher like that would have been cool but to have the hand be so prominent in the second half i was like i don't fucking care like i want to see the punisher and i like i don't mind seeing some romance stuff but like yeah but season three season three is in my opinion the best one like i love that season (laughs) me too we watched like a watch lot it. of it together. Yeah, we watched the first four or five episodes together. Yeah, it was a good night. So <laughs> I remember that first episode when it cut in like twenty minutes in to this new character we've never seen before, <laughs> and it was in this scene for like twenty minutes. And, and after twenty minutes, we just looked at each other like, "Who is this guy? Like, do you have any idea who this is supposed to be?" <laughs> Dad, I felt so stupid in that moment. I was like, "Oh, Dan probably knows who this guy is, and I'm a fake fan, and I don't know." And then I was, and like, I thought you, yeah, did, I was and like, I didn't. I don't know who this fucking guy is. Um, anyway, it's great. So good. What um, what have you guys been watching recently? What's been on the watch list other than like the big releases that we talked about? So like shows and like anything. Yeah, just like stuff you caught on streaming or whatever. Would you like a list? I have a list. Sure. I had like <laughs> as I mentioned, January twentieth. This is everything I have watched in twenty twenty so far. It's a okay. lot. Oh, okay. Um, I watched all of the newest season of Modern Love on Amazon Prime. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's just based on... It's based on a column in the New York Times, I think, 
where people just write in their like love stories and they're published like every single week and then they made a podcast out of it where celebrities read out these stories and then Mm. i think in like 2019 like pretty recently they turned it into like a limited series on amazon just like 10 episodes or less per season and like every episode is its own little love story with like a whole new cast like the first season had like Anne Hathaway and like <laughs> Dev uh was his name Dev Patel, Patel? yeah yes like r- like random like pretty big name celebrities um and so season two just came out semi-recently and I caught up on that and it was cute um and then I watched Midnight Mass because Dan told me to and that oh, was fuck. so good. We're going to make Marco watch it and have a whole episode on it. But that was amazing. Yeah, we and okay. then I started uh, depression rewatching Shit's Creek. Um, and <laughs> I'm on season three again. Uh, and I am on the third season of Succession also, which I know we're all trying oh. to watch and discuss eventually, probably. Um, mm. So that's what I'm on right now. I'm, I'm, I'll be done it by the end of this weekend, let's be honest. Uh, I'm keeping up with Euphoria. I'm slowly making my way through Queer Eye. I've seen the first two episodes. And then, oh yeah, have you seen just the first two episodes also? I think the first three, but I haven't finished the whole show yet. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'm watching with Rachel, which is why it's uh, on a delay because we also just watch it virtually. So, you know, we're we're busy. Yeah. And then movies, I've watched Our Friend, which I think came out in 2019. And it has Dakota Johnson and Casey Affleck. Um, and uh, For the listeners, Carol just did a thumbs down when saying Casey Affleck. I hate and, that man. And frowned visibly. Yeah. And uh, Marshall from How I Met Your Mother. What's his name? Oh. Right? Something Siegel. Jason, Jason Siegel. Siegel. Yeah, Jason and it's Siegel. a movie that came out in 2019 just about like a woman who got cancer and like a, a male friend who like helped this couple navigate it like based on a true story. Um, okay. but I forgot Jason Siegel existed and I forgot that like he's like a good actor. Like I like him yeah. a lot. Like why isn't yeah, he, he more stuff? Yeah, he was Vector in Despicable. <laughs> he's so okay. good as Vector. Dude, Vector is fucking incredible. Anyway. Okay, but I want to yeah. see him live action. Yeah. more often yeah. um so that was a really good movie i highly recommend it it was really depressing but it was really good um and i also watched where'd you go bernadette uh which is based on a pretty famous novel and also came out like i think also 2019 and stars kate blanchett um just about like a architect mother who like kind of has a midlife crisis um it was pretty good she like runs away to antarctica um, of all places. <laughs> oh, wow, that's a pretty Interesting. severe mental yeah. crisis. And I finally got around to watching The Father, that movie that was nominated for Oscars a couple year ago, years ago with Olivia Coleman and Anthony Hopkins, is that his name? Right, yes, yes, yes. Just yes, about yes. A, like a father with dementia, um, which was also really depressing but really good. Uh, can mm-hmm. you find the theme? Um, I also watched Fantastic Mr. Fox for the first time ever. Wes oh. Anderson, um, mm-hmm. also pretty good. Uh, I I really hate that I'm not that into anything that's not live action. Like, I don't know why that's such a barrier for me. Like, that movie is good, and I know it's good, but just the fact that it wasn't live action just took something away from it for me. But it was, really, it was you know, it was Wes Anderson, upbeat, good story, good acting, voice acting, but, you know. Um, sure. 
I also watched Sleeping with Other People, which is a movie that TikTok recommended to me with um, Jason uh, Ted Lasso. Jason, so many Jasons. Uh, Zedekis. Um, and Alison Brie, who mm. like were each other's first times in college and then like drifted and reunited 10 years later, just like a silly little rom-com. Um, nice. And I also watched Sleepless in Seattle for the first time ever. I, I oh, recommended really? that to you for like 20 years. I'm like aware, our entire friendship. And I told yeah. you I would get around to it. And I <laughs> yeah. finally did. And it was great. <laughs> yeah, of course. Obviously. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then I watched Kid 90, which is a documentary that um, Soleil Moon Fry, who was like a really popular kid actor in like the 90s, um, I've, I didn't watch anything with her except for um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the live action one. She was mm. in like some of the like later, later, later seasons. And that's the only thing I've seen her in. But like as a kid actor in the 90s, she always had a camera everywhere she went. And so she just released a lot of the footage like it. She hung out with like Leonardo DiCaprio and like David Arquette and like a lot of really famous people and just has videos of them like partying and like doing mushrooms and like random shit. And so she just strung it together to make a documentary. It was pretty sad because, like, a lot of her friends, like, committed suicide and were, like, mentally ill. But, huh. like, it was interesting. Um, so I watched that. And I watched Queen Pin, a new Amazon Prime movie with Kristen Bell about how a couple of women started a business stealing and selling counterfeit coupons. Um which was, okay. like, not that good, to be honest. Like, the story was interesting, and the trailer made it look like it'd be funny, but it was, like, meh. Um, and I, two more, I promise. I've just been really busy. I also watched Good Boys, because um, I wanted, like, a silly comedy, and I know Seth Rogen, like, produced oh, it, this, I think. Is this the one where it's, like, Jacob Tremblay yeah. and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This oh, one. that so one. Yeah, 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 like, it sounded familiar. Yeah, it gave me, like, super baddish vibes, but, like, totally, yeah. if it was set in grade school instead of high school, almost. Um, and it was also, like, fine. Not that great, to be honest. And then the last one is The Lost Daughter, which is just came out on Netflix and was Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut and also had Dakota Johnson. I'm watching a lot of her right now, I guess. Um, and it's Olivia great. Coleman. I'm also watching a lot of her, I guess. Um, and it's based on a novel by Elena Fronte, who I really, really like. Um, she wrote one of my favorite, like, series of novels ever, but, like, she originally writes in Italian, and I'm just reading, like, translations, because mm. I don't know Italian. Um, but it was a good movie, and uh, that's what I've watched in the last 20 days. Damn, you've been through a lot. I was sick good for, for a week. That's true. I'm- oh, wait, that was the last 20 days? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, all in 2022. Every single thing I just listened. Oh, I thought you said 20. No. Oh, I thought this no, was last that, year. That's, okay. like, Wild. This- <laughs> I told you I've been busy. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I've watched recently, um, nice. in case you were wondering. <laughs> um, I have a few random things I can talk about. First of all, as we touched on at the beginning of this, I am the only person on Earth not watching Euphoria right now. Um, guess I just won't get to see Sydney Sweeney be nude. No problem. Everyone else can see that. You it's can always good. catch up. Nah. I think I'm good. Um, yeah, I, I... I've also never seen it. Dan, this is going to be the new Game of Thrones. I've heard really a lot like of it. We're not going to watch it, okay? 
I've heard a lot about it too. Maddie really I loves it. I think the but second like, season won't be as good as the first. Surprise, surprise. But I mean, we'll see. It's only two episodes we'll in. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so not watching that. Uh, I am just ongoing, always watching Bob's Burgers. I've already watched the whole show, but like, it's just a comfort if I can't fall asleep show. So I'd hop in and out of that. Um, so Curb Your Enthusiasm season 11 came out. Uh, I watched that strong recommend i don't know how larry david is still so fucking funny but like (laughs) like i just i just getting back into the show i was like oh my god like it's unbelievable how funny it is and if anyone hasn't seen curb just go ahead and start from the beginning and watch all of it it's all incredible like it's just one of the best comedy shows i can't recommend it i'll add it to my physical to watch list so i'll actually watch nice nice um yeah so strongly would recommend that just sticking on the theme of like silly stuff right now or not silly but more lighthearted. um like you said carol uh i've been watching the new season of queer eye probably about three or four episodes in i don't know exactly how many i didn't want to binge through all of them um just because like you know it only happens every so often uh so watching that they did an episode where they kind of played with the format um because they went to a high school uh for a prom seen that one yeah. yeah, I won't say more than that. I don't want to spoil it. They kind of played with the format a little bit. Don't know how I felt about it. I was kind mm. of like, you know what? Just go find some racist old person and fix them <laughs> up. Like, that's what you guys do. You guys make racist people love gay guys. So, like, just go do that. It's all good. Um, yeah, but that is obviously great. That cast is awesome. I just love hanging out with them. JVN, just the best. Um, uh what was the other thing on netflix oh so yeah the new season of too hot to handle is out so you best believe uh maddie and i started watching that for those who don't know too hot to handle two full episodes of that i tried so so hard and i was high out of my mind i've never watched it but i have watched uh cody ko's video on it (laughs) it's so fun like it's like for those who don't know the premise of the show is just that it's a bunch of these like really attractive sexed up people that are tricked into coming on what they think is a reality show all about like hooking up and having sex but it turns out it's a reality show where the whole premise of the show is like you can't have sex okay but in the third season you're not telling me they're still being tricked no but here's the thing they filmed (laughs) wait this is the third season but they filmed season two and three at the same time okay so like like yeah so anyway um yeah like Honestly, two episodes in, I really hate the cast of this season so mm. far. Like, season one had some absolute, like, banger cast members to the point where one of the stars of season one, Chloe, was then on this other reality show that I watched called The Circle, and I know Carol watches that show as well. She's, like, fucking hilarious. She's great. Um, but then there's also, like, Francesca, who is this girl that had, like, a ton of drama, and then she showed up in The Circle... Not The Circle reunion. She showed up in Love is Blind. The Love is Blind. I've watched a lot of reality shows on netflix this interesting but um she shows up on on love is blind so anyway season the first season no not she showed there was like a reunion special they did and she shows up in that to like stir the pot a little i don't know it was a whole thing anyway the first season of love is blind of not love is blind the first season of two out to handle i would recommend i think it's really funny if you make it all the way through but like every season after that she's kind of been like Ah, the cast isn't as fun. They're kind of lame. They're kind of boring. But the first season, they were, like, really horny and dumb, and it was funny. Um, <laughs> speaking of horny, uh, I'm going to take a hard left turn into something more serious, which is a and show... Horny? Yes, very. A show based on 
it's on Amazon Prime. It's based on a book that Maddie had read called Normal People. I don't know oh, if you've heard about this. I'm obsessed. I, re- I rewatched it at the tail end of 2021 okay. in one day. So here's the thing. Maddie, I was like, what is this about? If we're going to sit down. She's like, it's just a limited series about this book I read. I was like, okay, what's the book about? And she's like, it's basically just these two people that just meet in life, high school. Man. And they kind of just like intersect <laughs> at different points at each other's lives. But like the timing's never quite right. And it's kind of like a romance thing. And I was like, okay, like whatever. Um, so I watched the show. And for like the first half of the show, I was very confused because it was 90% sex scenes. Like very nude graphic sex scenes and i was kind of like but the show had like a 90 percent on rotten tomatoes and i was like i don't get it like it's just softcore porn like i don't like but it's really weird and i'm very interested to kind of go back and watch because by the end of the show like you're so i think okay i have shat a lot on like like supernaturalistic stuff where it's not like super plot heavy and it's more like you're just vibing and then like it's just the emotions <laughs> of it. I always shit on that. I'm always like, I want a plot. I want a beginning, middle, and end. Um, this show definitely does the more vibing thing, but like it's so good that you get to the end of it and like I don't want to spoil what the end of it is, but like what happens between the characters at the end of it and it genuinely was like heart wrenching and I was like, why am I having such an emotional reaction? Because you just got to live with them for like yes, eight hours. And that's the yeah, thing. In the beginning of a relationship, you have a lot of sex. It was literally just following sure. them through life for five yeah. years. And sex happens. Like, yeah, they didn't need to like put that much of it. But like they had eight hours to fill. Why but not? You know? It. And the thing I also appreciate, though, is that I think the way it's done does a very good job of like helping you as an audience member build intimacy with the characters like so you feel way more connected to them because you're spending so much time with them in like a vulnerable state if that makes sense and also Um, i think it's important because a lot of the female character marianne's character development revolved around sex and how she viewed sex and herself in sex yes and like yeah, I know, like, Marco, we've talked about how you just, like, never realize, like, like you don't know why sex scenes are necessary because, like, they're always so uncomfortable and, like, you can usually portray the same emotion without it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, a lot of her, like, development just happened in that area. So that's why I think, for me, that's why the second half of the season where I was kind of like, oh, I get it. Like, I because at first it was a little bit just like, this is just soccer poor and, like, what am I watching? But then, like, the second half of the show and, like, where her character goes, I thought was really interesting and sad. And it was very, like, ah, I get it. I get why we had to spend so much time doing this now. Mm-hmm. And then I think the guy, uh, Connell, yeah. is that his name? Yeah. I mean, just, like, especially those last two episodes with him, I was, like, like shattered, heartbroken. Like, watching him in therapy and stuff, I was like, oh, my God, this is <laughs> fucking, like... Like, I was like, this is too much. I like, I can't. I watched it. That makes me so happy. Yeah. Well, I, Maddie was like, I absolutely love the book. We have to watch love this. Book. And I was like, okay. So we did. And yeah, I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like, I would strongly recommend it. <laughs> like, I don't. Me too. <laughs> and like, it, it's going to seem weird at first, but like, yeah, it really takes you on like a really personal journey between these two people. And it, I've never, ever liked this type of indie stuff where it's very like not plot heavy, but this one works for whatever reason. So 
Strongly recommend that. Normal people. It's on Amazon Prime. Nice. It is a Irish production. It's also so like on all... CBC Gem. If oh. for some reason people don't have Prime or don't want to pay Bezos. Amazon. Yeah. Good. That's kind of why I said it's an Irish production because I was yeah. like, it's, you know, there's like, it's actually like a foreign production and it's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's cool. Um, I, I uh, would strongly recommend that. Um, a few other things I watched. I don't want to talk too much about it, but I watched Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. The reason I don't want to talk too, talk too much about it is because, spoiler alert, that's our next episode of the podcast. So we will get into. <laughs> yes, we will get into yeah. uh, detail then. <clears throat> but suffice it to say, it is a very good movie. Obviously, I didn't have any doubt about that, but it was just a matter of getting around to watching it. So, yeah, did that. Um, there was something else I wanted to say. Oh, Tick Tick Boom? Uh, I watched Tick Tick Boom, the Andrew Garfield movie about the guy that made Rent, Jonathan Larson. Um, you know, didn't love it, but hey, what can you do? I love that. Uh, Duh. I, I know. <laughs> I, it, you know, it was fine. I Like, it's Lin-Manuel Miranda's like first directorial outing, um, and I just think there was some stuff where I was kind of like, okay... I don't know why exactly we're doing this. It was a little uneven for me, but the music's good. Andrew Garfield is astounding in it, and he should win Best Actor. I don't give a shit. Give him Best Actor. <laughs> I don't... He's, like, a better singer than, like, 90% of singers on the, the fucking radio. So, like, just give him Best, best Actor. Um, I think it's still worthwhile to watch just to see his performance. I think he's incredible. So, like, watch it for that. And it's it's actually kind of an interesting story. It just the, the way the story unfolds, I was like, meh. Meh. Okay. Um... Yeah, so that, it also doesn't help, by the way, that my toilet at my house, like, was broke and was leaking in the middle of the movie, so I had to pause it and, like, be a plumber for 20 minutes, and then I went back and was like, what's this fucking movie? Does someone have AIDS? What's going on? I don't know. So anyway, I should probably watch it fresh, <laughs> not dealing with that. Um, and then the only other thing I can think of, oh, I lied. Uh, I've been watching the 90s Spider-Man cartoon that's on mm. it's on St- Disney Plus. The reason why is because when I was a kid, the only way to watch it was they had like collected episodes on VHS, but they only ever had like maybe overall 10 episodes of the show, but it was like a long running show. There was like five seasons. So it came to Disney Plus and I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to watch this show. Fuck it. I know it's cartoony. I know it's for kids. And it's not like the Batman cartoon where it actually like holds up. You can watch it as an adult. This is like very much for kids but i'm like i i, I owe it to my younger childhood self to actually watch this show because i so badly wanted to and i had no way to watch it as a kid Cute. and then in season two morbius showed up and i'm so mad because i hate <laughs> just the concept of morbius and just the thought of jared leto came into my head and i was very hurt by that but i'm making my way through that the last oh that's another thing you watched is Venom 2. Oh my oh god. god, don't even talk to me about Venom 2. Let there be carnage. Um, the last thing I will say for this kind of list of random things I've watched, uh, I brought this up as well to you guys, but I watched Good Time, mm-hmm. which is the Zaffy Brothers movie starring Robert Pattinson. Uh, oh yeah. Did not care for it. Would not necessarily recommend it. You didn't have a good time. Did I did not have a good time. I get it. You know, I know what it's, I get what it's about, but I just, yeah. like. It's like a, it's like an, a non-action-y action. It's like, in theory, yeah. a lot is happening, but, like, it's also not really happening. It's also just, like, 
the resolution <laughs> I don't know and it's yeah. like an indie movie right yeah. so it like doesn't it, like it doesn't have a res- like the resolution is like that you don't get a resolution and I'm like <laughs> yeah I know but like this is also a movie so like I would like a resolution you know what I mean like it just kind of ends like the basic premise of it and Dan I don't know if you've seen it or if you would ever be interested in it no. but it's just Robert Pattinson basically um, is this degenerate who has a younger brother that I think is supposed to have down syndrome or autism i don't know they don't really make it clear yeah. he has some type of learning disability and he basically takes advantage of his younger brother and they commit a bank robbery together which like is i not so it's like rain man kinda <laughs> but like this is the first thing that set me off was i was like why is he involved in, like it's not like at least in rain man i understand tom cruise being like you can count cards let's go make money at a casino and this it's just like i'm robbing a bank want to come with me and like they go rob a bank (laughs) but then like they get caught up it's like the shenanigans of them having robbed a bank and so like shenanigans ensue and it was just it was shenanigans the movie and i was like i fucking hate this i I don't like this and there's no resolution so maybe i'm just dumb and i don't understand cinema but i do not recommend good time uh did not enjoy it but it did give us that robert pattinson meme mm-hmm. which is very good i love that meme of him just standing there in, in his the little tracksuit <laughs> his little tracksuit that's <laughs> oh that's that's where that's it where from. the meme came from he also like like hooks up with like an underage girl i don't know i don't i don't want to like it's it's a very weird movie i do not recommend it just go watch normal people please if you're gonna watch anything with nudity that's an indie movie go watch normal people that's it's not great. a movie but now, yes when you say indie no, no this, this is actually this indie? is actually indie this is like nobody's talking about normal people except me so this is actually indie. well they were just like two years ago you're just like late sure so yeah sure fair enough fair enough i guess now it's like indie but you're gonna have a lot of hipsters on your back saying it was popular ah, two them. years ago because it was was it though <laughs> okay I, I mean i would just it would be funny if like you said that and then like it was directed by like christopher <laughs> Nolan. <Yeah. or> <laughs> i mean i would say good time is definitely an indie movie though yeah. like that wasn't like a so like that that's fair because that was also the safety brothers before uncut gems right yes yeah yes uncut gems was after so <laughs> what was the title that you got mixed up with uncut gems. Oh, I don't remember. I'd have to look through the chat. I can't hidden remember. Gems. It was hidden gems because oh, it was yeah. hidden figures. Oh yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. There's too much um, up here yeah. in my brain. Also, Carol, did you ever see Tenet? I saw it like not this Christmas, but last Christmas. Like I saw it like pretty shortly after it came out. Did you want to talk about that briefly? Because, like, I don't think we're ever going to um, have another opportunity. To. It was definitely one of those movies you'd have to watch more than once, but, like, you don't want to watch it again. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, yes. <laughs> like, Inception was, like, yeah, like, this is, like, mind-bending. Like, I, there's probably some parts I don't get. Like, it'd be interesting to watch it again and see. And, like, I think Tenet was supposed to be that vibe, but it was just, like, so long and, like, not that interesting that I was, like, I don't want to do it again. But uh, but because I'm not going to watch it again, I didn't fully get it. So it was just, like, confusing. And, like, I was watching I, – I wasn't watching – obviously, it's not streaming anywhere, and theaters weren't open, so I watched um, it illegally. So I don't know if 
if the sound mixing was off because of the version I had or if it was actually off. No, no. every person I've talked okay, to who's seen this movie said that the sound mixing was horrible. Like yeah. none of well, it. Well, that's no like. And I couldn't get any subtitles because of the version I was watching. So that also probably didn't help. Um, yeah. But truly, no words were were audible. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, yeah. But like visually, At least in Dark Knight it like, Rises, looked really you good. Um, and you know, the two main actors did a great job. Um, it was like visually like striking, and it was cool to see like things in reverse later because that was like its whole thing. Yeah. Um, so if you just wanted to like watch some cool scenes, it has those. Um, but as a whole film, I don't recommend it. I'm very happy that Nolan's next movie is this Oppenheimer movie because I think he needs to rein it in a little bit. Yeah. And I mean that in like as good, nice of a way as possible. But like with Dunkirk and now Tenet, it does seem like not that like, I mean, I haven't seen Tenet, but I saw Dunkirk. Not that I would say it's bad or anything, but it's just like. I think it's just that George Lucas thing of like because he's so big now. <laughs> yeah. Nobody says no. See, I like Dunkirk a lot. I don't. M- I think Dunkirk was one of his more grounded ones, actually. Uh, I, I I didn't vibe with that. Like I don't dislike Dunkirk, but at the same time, I I definitely got the vibe that Nolan was like, I am just doing this, and you can't stop me. And they were like, okay, and like <laughs> it happened. It turned out to be a decent movie, but like, I think Tenet is like the progression of that. Of like, I'm doing this, and you can't stop me. Uh oh, it's nobody really loves this oh on that point (laughs) dune yes dune we should talk about dune (laughs) because that's also a i mean i think what you're saying with like dunkirk for example um is that like he's clearly able to release a director's cut in like a, a cinema climate where that's not very um common so i respect the hell out of that and like we've talked about after like when we came out of dune we were like yeah i respect um, what's his name? Denny. Denny Villeneuve. Denny Villeneuve. Um, for being able, for having the respect in the industry to be able to release a film like that. Um, and we generally like the movie a lot. But like for me, when, like, when I came out of it, I was like, I don't think, even though he was able to release a director's cut, that it was all necessary. No, yeah. And the movie kind of lost me a little bit. But... Overall, I did think it was a very... Like, compared to some other garbage that's come out lately. Um, Venom. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was also on the heels of seeing Venom let there be garbage. It, it was, yeah. Um, so. See, but I read Dune, yeah. and I loved the movie, and I think it, like, perfectly matched what I was imagining in my head of, like, when I was reading the book. And so, yeah, I respect the length and detail he was able to fit although i was a little mad that it was only the first half of the first book in this one film because now i'm like is this saga gonna be like a hundred hours long <laughs> which like i get it there's a lot of details in the books like they're very long novels yeah um like i, I understand and like it's a whole world set up like you know as sci-fis are like i get it there's a lot of details to add in there but just like terms of my bladder problems it's like gonna be an issue (laughs) at least when i'm reading i could take a break like the book took me honestly a pretty long time to 
like a pretty long time to read um but overall it's like a great story and i like a great world and i'm excited to see the upcoming films um but see that's another thing i didn't read the book for yeah. this maybe that'll be maybe after harry potter that should be the see, next uh adventure i'm in between you two because i did read in anticipation of the movie and also it's one of my uncle's favorite books and i was like cool i should just do this like uh and enjoyed it a lot um but when it comes to the movie i'm very conflicted because i i agree with what you're saying carol that like i think he perfectly captured sort of what was going on in my head Mm -hmm. and like the important parts of the story but then there's also a part of me that's like in perfectly capturing that it doesn't function as well as a movie and so for me it's kind of like i think you either have to like make your peace with leaving stuff out of the from the book the way harry potter did or go in the opposite direction and just games of game of thrones and like i i really think like i know like it's become such a cliche to say like oh this would be so good as like a miniseries but like i think like a prestige miniseries of dune from director denny villeneuve with this cast would have been like way superior because like the pacing of it then you can pace the episodes individually and so you because i'm with you dan like about three quarters of the way through the movie when it's just timothy and rebecca ferguson in the desert like sleeping in a tent i was kind of like okay like i get it like i know where we're driving towards can we please just drive there you know so but like if you're doing a tv show like you can pace it a little bit differently so you don't have to like it, it wouldn't stand out as much so i'm kind of like every episode has a climax yeah like I, i'm kind of to like keep you going a little bit on this like it's it's one it's like there's never been a movie i've wanted to absolutely love more in my life because i respect it so much like i respect what he's doing i respect how much of a fan of the source material he is i i respect how good of a filmmaker he is how passionate he is how amazing the cast is like everything on paper i love and respect so much um but i just wish the movie was like 20 minutes shorter or they just made it into a tv series so like that's kind of like the rock and a hard place i'm in right now but i'm very excited for the next part to come out because i think the next part naturally based on where we left the story off is like it's a juicy gonna be yeah it's a juicy spot like we're gonna be in for some more action and adventure and it's not just gonna be this weird political intrigue like this is all kind of the setup for the payoff so i think maybe once the second part comes out people in general or maybe even like yourself dan or like i know miguel and angelo after leaving this movie like it it might start to retroactively like look back at this movie and go like oh yeah like okay i I get it i think much in the same way that people who didn't read the books kind of had with harry potter like i remember people that didn't read the books i knew at school talking about the first harry potter like deathly hallows part one and being like what was that oh and i was like hang on and then like deathly hallows part (laughs) two came out and they were like okay yeah i kind of understand why we needed to do it this way and i was like yeah there you go so i i think dune may be a similar situation hopefully hopefully i'm excited like i did not like the movie and i'm definitely willing to give the the next movie a chance still um i just hope like i don't know maybe it's because i mean i am the only one here like i said who doesn't have the book knowledge so maybe that's why i just need that extra little push for the for the next one but i'm I'm still excited (laughs) i do have time i've never i don't think i've read this much in my entire life the the amount that i've been reading in like the last three months it feels good to Um, do something that doesn't involve a screen as much as yeah like obviously yeah and i can take my glasses off but like we love to watch things but 
it's nice to let the eyes rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, Dan, sure. what have you been watching? Um, speaking of your eyes. <laughs> speaking of my eyes. <laughs> um, so I watched... So there was this Netflix series called Dark. I think yes. Marco and I have briefly talked a little bit about this, but not in I always confuse yeah. that with Ozark, because they came out around a similar time, <laughs> I feel like, and had similar, in an like, like, post, not poster, like, what, icons? Titles? Yeah, yeah like, the little box that you see yeah, on Netflix that tells you what the show is. They, were, they look similar, because they're both just dark. Like, dark visually, um, obviously. They won't yeah. say dark, only one does, but... <laughs> um, anyway, so this is a German production, and it was actually apparently the first German-produced Netflix original. Mm. So when that's kind of interesting. Um, it started um, 2017, I think. Winter of 2017. Uh, and then, like, this... It, it's three seasons long. The first season was 2017, and I think 2019 was uh, two, and then 2020, I think, was the last one. Um, and I started it in 2017 when season one came out uh, and finished the first season. And then when season two came out, I was super excited. So, But it had been so long since season one, and season one is so dense. Like, very, there's a lot of characters. I know I just... Keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> it's not a George Lucas reference. <laughs> um, yeah, season one is very dense. There's a lot of characters because it's kind of, it's a sci-fi, but it's really like a family drama. Um, it's like a story of four interconnected families in this small little German town. Um, so I had to like rewatch the entire first season to catch up like with all the character names and stuff. But I, much like reading Jurassic Park, <laughs> I lost track like halfway through and then i tried again and much like jurassic park i lost track again and then again must much like jurassic park the novel on the third try i started season one again watched it all the way through and from there i watched the whole rest by that time the third season the last season was <laughs> out obvious. and i finished the whole thing um so i guess you could say like i didn't have to wait in anticipation between each season true um but it's really unfortunate because the first season of this show, I think, is like a perfect standalone season of television. It's great. Like, I'd recommend it to anyone. Um, but watch with subtitles. Don't watch with the yeah, the cheesy VO. Um, it's shot beautifully. Like, the whole, se- the whole series, all three seasons, is shot beautifully. It's well acted, directed, all of that. But after season one, the writing just goes like off the rails like it's so convoluted um that it really just spoils the whole thing which is unfortunate because the first season's so promising but again like i said it ends up just being that the first season just really makes this perfect little standalone story that you could just watch season one and have it just be a a purposeful cliffhanger like it was always just supposed to be that um but the the gist of the show i just realized i haven't really talked about what the show is about so it's like I said, it centers around these four families, but it's kind of like a uh, dystopian-esque sci-fi time travel story. And it's very interesting because it handles time travel unlike anything I've ever seen before. And I don't want to spoil it too much because like, people listening might want to go check it out, and I would highly recommend it, like I said, season one. Um, but it's really good getting to know these characters and their relationships with each other, and you get to see past and future or sorry, just past iterations of them, future iterations in the shittier seasons 
so that doesn't matter. Nice. <laughs> um, it's just really cool using the time travel stuff to build upon the characters, and it's just really inventive. Like it, it was there were some very shocking moments. Um, it was uh, it was really uh, exciting. So I'd highly recommend that. Um, what else have I watched? I watched like I remember a while back. I like went on a little binge of like Netflix movies. I movies that were on Netflix that I should have seen in life but hadn't up to that yeah. point, and that included like uh, Goodwill Hunting, which I can't believe <laughs> I had never seen before. Marriage Story, which cannot praise enough. Uh, I watched this movie called Paddleton. Paddleton? <laughs> I still think it was really Remember funny. Remember, we were confused because yeah. we thought he was talking about Paddington. <laughs> Marco thought I said Paddington. It's so the movie close. About the bear. <laughs> it's so close. <laughs> but this this movie Paddleton is really good. It's uh, it's starring Ray Romano and Mark Duplass. Oh fuck! I need to watch this movie. God damn. It's a it's speaking of indie movies. Yeah. It's a it's an indie movie. I think it's actually directed by Mark Duplass. Mm, okay. And it's about um, these two friends. And one of them is diagnosed with cancer, and they go on a road trip to get, like, a euthanasia drug. And it's just about them in their last days together, and it's, like, it's kind of, it's, like, a dark comedy, kind of. That sounds like it'd be right up my alley. Yeah. You should check it out. To my watch list. It's a Netflix original. You guys should get Letterboxd. It's the only way I remembered what I watched. Yeah, I've been thinking about it. I might have to do it. Um... Oh, I also watched uh, Ad Astra. Oh, because that was on Disney. I Plus. hated that movie. I thought it was so bad. I, I liked it a lot, <laughs> but I can see why. I can see why a lot. Of, like, and also when Miguel, friend of the show, <laughs> talked about it, he also didn't. Yeah, he like hated it. it. I too, definitely right? understand yeah. why. Like, it could be received that way. I don't know though. I just kind of, I really fucked with it. It was okay. good. It was. It's a very slow burn. This is fascinating. Sorry, what were you going to say? Because I need to watch this movie now. I mean, like, Carol <laughs> you're, and Miguel... You're the deciding you should. <laughs> Carol and Miguel hated this movie, and you really liked it, so I'm very intrigued as to what the fuck this movie is. Because normally we're all, like, relatively in the ballpark. It's very rare that we're, like, split, like, I hated it or I liked it. So I I'm curious like to the, see. I literally just didn't like the plot. Like, basic plot. I didn't like it. I thought all it right. was dumb. So, like... <laughs> okay. When you say you hated it, did you like? Did it make you mad, or did you just, just not? Like, I did vibe not vibe with, with it at all. I yeah. Okay. All right, no spoilers. I'm gonna watch no. this movie, and we will debate it out. We're gonna have a you big know. debate. Yeah, watch it. A podcast <laughs> debate. Change my mind. Oh, we'll talk about it on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else have I watched recent? Relatively recently, I haven't watched a lot of shows. I mean, except for like the Marvel Disney Plus shows, Ugh. but we've all watched those. Blech. I don't really want to talk about yeah, those. Yeah, me either. Um, is great. Everyone go watch WandaVision and then never watch another one. Yeah, Marvel I mean, the first, the first 85% of WandaVision is okay, great. Okay, Loki then, wasn't bad and Hawkeye wasn't bad. You don't need to say never watch another Loki, Marvel show. I mean, Loki's all right. Loki, I think, stuck the landing better than any of the shows. Yeah, but I didn't love the show leading up to the ending. Like... Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. So, like, <laughs> the ending was yeah. stronger... It's like the inverse of most of the exactly. shows where it like pitters out by the yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it was very important for like going forward mm-hmm. with the MCU. So sure. you kind of if you're invested, you should watch that show for that regard, I guess. 
We all watched Hawkeye, yeah. though. We didn't really talk about that. Over the Christmas Do break. Do we want to? I think I'm in between you guys, because I think Carol liked it. Mm-hmm. I really didn't Dan like it. Didn't. I think it was my least favorite show so far. I thought it was fine. I... I enjoyed it more than Falcon and Winter Soldier. I hated that show. <laughs> yeah, I I did not care for that at all. Um, so I enjoyed it more than that. I definitely didn't like it more than Loki, uh, and I definitely didn't like it more than Wandavision. I mean, Wandavision, like like we've talked about, basically it's just like the last episode is lame. But then even within that like last yeah. lame episode, at least like it pays off character stuff, even though like the execution of it is dumb. But like. It's mostly pretty good, but like, and then I think Loki's like a bit of a step down from that, and then I think there's like a pretty steep drop, and then there's Hawkeye, and then I think there is like a cliff, and then there's Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like, I <laughs> don't even want to think about that. Like, I, God, dude. The only reason I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier better was because the tone of that show. That's the only thing that I but like better. Simply because you guys are like you know comic book Marvel nerds. I, just from a non-Marvel stan, like, I've watched most of the stuff and I, like, I follow the plot, but I don't care that much. Yeah. As yeah, a yeah, non-Marvel yeah. stan, I liked Hawkeye better than Loki. Just, like, if you don't care about the characters and the plot in terms of just, like, an enjoyable show, I liked Hawkeye better than Loki. It's easy yeah. to jump into. It was interesting. See, I liked the pace. I love things set in New York, Christmas time, fun. <laughs> It was great. Yeah, New I do York, like that. New York. <laughs> I um, I get that. There's a dog. I think. Yeah. Come on. I mean, pizza dog's great. <laughs> yeah, but I wish that that bothered me though, because like I wish yeah. that went like I was expecting that to be me a plot too. point or something. But after she saves the dog, it's just like there for the rest. I of the I think show. in the comic, it's based on it is, but yeah. As per oh, usual, right? they just didn't follow through on it. But like. I think what it comes down to for me about Loki and WandaVision is just like we talked about, like they're just weird. Like the yeah. problem, the, the like the number one problem I have with both Hawkeye and Falcon, and to a certain degree the Black Widow movie that came out <laughs> that I don't think we're ever gonna talk about, so we can talk about here too. It's yeah. just like they're all just like run of the mill MCU, and I'm kind of like we we're done. Like we finished run of the mill MCU. Yeah, we're like, well beyond that. Endgame happened. The Marvel Universe of, like, just run-of-the-mill standard adventures is done. So either do some really fucked-up shit or do some fan service shit. Or, like, do Moon Knight. Like, let's explore the horror aspect of it, whatever. But to me, like... And I, I do think Falcon... Like, here's the here's the difference. Hawkeye, at least... Like, Dan, we talked about how it had such a mixed tone. Like, the tone of it was so up and down of, like, is it serious? Yeah. Is it a comedy? Whatever. But... At least the comedy stuff was funny enough for me to be like, okay, I'm enjoying the humor of it, even though the plot is a very just Marvel run-of-the-mill thing. The humor of it I thought was fun. I liked Yelena and Kate Bishop's interactions. Yeah, me too. That was fun. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Kingpin sucked, but at least he's back. Like, I know (laughs) he sucked in it, but at least he's back, and maybe they'll do something better going forward. So, like... Hopefully, that yeah. That was all fine. Unless but, like, he's Black, dead. Ooh. He's not dead. He's not. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. Um, no, whenever they pan away from a death, he's, he's not, not actually not dead. We um, did not see him explode like James Bond. Oh, yeah. No, we didn't. He didn't get the James yeah. Bond treatment. But, um... <laughs> but, I, I like, you have a good point. Like, especially after, if you've watched Loki, 
after watching that finale of Loki, where like the multiverse is unleashed, yeah. where does something like Falcon and Winter Soldier or Hawkeye exist in this MCU going That's forward? What, yeah. And after No Way Home, like literally, we've seen different realities. Yeah. On that scale, where does something like Hawkeye and Falcon and Winter Soldier even exactly. compete? Exactly. We're done. And that was uh, ultimately like, I get, same with the thing with Black Widow of like, well, first of all, that movie should have come out chronologically <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> years ago. When it was supposed like to a come decade out. Ago. <laughs> like, why did yeah. they make this like prequel to Infinity War? Just release it before Infinity War. I don't understand. That was stupid. But then, even after the fact of, it has the same problem with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is just like, we are deadly serious about a gangster plot, basically. You know? And I was like, okay, I don't care. And then the problem, I, the other problem I really had with Falcon, and it's not the show's fault, but the show had major rewrites due to COVID because the original plot was about, like, a virus or whatever. So they, like, they oh, completely, really? they had huge Awkward. rewrites and reshoots <laughs> and whatever. And I think that's part of the reason why the ending falls so flat because the last episode of that show, it's just like Falcon lands in his Captain America suit and it's just like, and we can't be racist. And also we can't blame these people because actually they're just trying to fight for the greater good. And he just like gives a monologue into the camera about like <laughs> how to not be a piece of shit. And that's just the end. And then like Bucky and evil captain america are just like oh running that was around the worst like haha jokes huh? remember when you almost tried to kill me like five minutes ago good times hey and now they're just yeah. chums so like i don't know I, I just like just like thinking about that in my head i'm like i would take any episode of hawkeye over going back to watch an episode of that show i just did not and then sharon carter was the power broker even though we all called that in like episode two and then it happened and we were like seriously like that's that's the thing like i don't know it was just so disappointing on so many levels and it sucks because whenever something like this happens it's always that thing of racist people being like yeah it sucked right and i'm like no not no, for the reason you're saying it sucks. yeah <laughs> sam being captain america is totally fine i love the suit i was pumped I for that him. i am pumped for that to see it in I the future actively pumped to see him show up again as captain america I just wish the show was better, and it wasn't, and it's unfortunate. Um, oh, you know what else was, at least I think, good about that show too, though, was Zemo. I yes. think they did a good job writing him. I enjoyed Zemo. Um, I enjoyed Zemo in that show. I will, I will give that to you. He was fun. His little, his little dance. It was enjoyable. <laughs> the club. Oh yeah. Good times. Which is now a meme. Yeah. 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 Oh, we also saw Shang Chi. Since we, were, I mean, since we're talking about. The Marvel stuff yeah. right now. I guess we could throw that in there quick. Yeah, pretty good. Did we talk about that yeah. yet? I don't think so. But it's good. I liked it. It's pretty good. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> Again, that's a thing like... It's good, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely excited. Like, I like the movie. I didn't love the movie. I think, but I'm definitely excited to see Shang-Chi in the future MCU. Especially, I don't know why, but for some reason, I think he and Spider-Man would have a really good on-screen presence yeah. together. Again, I don't know why. Like, I just... It feels that they way. They have like ener- like young energy about them. I feel like, yeah. you know, yeah, I could see. It. I guess it's something to do with that. But uh, that's oh, and then Eternals, which I haven't seen. Carol saw, but we haven't I seen. Carol it. said she liked People it. People shit on it. I liked it. Angelo said <laughs> he does not understand how you liked it. That was what he said to me. He was like, I don't get it. He was like, maybe I watch. I'll it watch it eventually. Me, so. It's literally I could watch it for free, <laughs> and legally. we still just have. I might watch it tomorrow. <laughs> maybe tomorrow's friday maybe i'll watch it 
If you commit to watching it tomorrow, I'll make time okay. tomorrow. I'll see if I can convince it. Maddie because we're having dinner, and I'll see if I can convince her to watch <laughs> it with me after. And then send your right. opinions in the chat. Keep me posted. Um, and then I'll Definitely. let you know that I liked everything you disliked. Um, <laughs> that'll be the discussion. Is there uh, is there anything else? I mean, I so. I, I gave you the hundred things I watched this year. I got nothing else. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm. Okay, end on a trip. <laughs> I really don't want to end on something that two out of three. Can we think of one, seen, but one good thing that we've all seen that we haven't talked about yet? Dan, did you finish Shit's Creek? No, I've. Uh, I'm kind of. I need Where to get back to that. Yet? Honestly, I haven't. I'm still in season three. Not again. Not out of disinterest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I kind of lost track a little yeah. bit. Um. Oh, wait, what else was I watching? I think that was when I was watching BoJack Horseman. Maybe that's why. It kind of got mm-hmm. tied. I got mingled up with watching that. Classic and BoJack. I lost track. Classic BoJack. Yeah, I guess that I could say that's another new thing that I watched recently mm-hmm. that I had never seen before. BoJack? Relatively recently. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bit, actually, that was a while ago now. I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, when did we do that on the podcast? That was a long time ago. Like months. That was before book smart yeah so actually that was before we even started recording in person again wild i'm just trying to think of one thing to end with like a recommendation like a positive thing oh wait 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 what were you gonna say dan you go first uh the power of the dog oh Oh, i haven't seen but marco hasn't seen that so then how about this instead of talking about one more thing we've seen everyone maybe just go around and say the movie or show or one of each that you're most excited for coming out in this upcoming year. Okay. Because that's like more okay. positive than none of us yeah. seeing Eternals. Yeah. And I already have an answer so I can go first while you guys think. Um, okay. okay. The one thing I'm most excited for is Don't Worry Darling, the movie with Harry Styles and Florence Pugh directed by Olivia Colman. Um, that is the oh. one thing getting me through this year. Directed by Olivia Not Olivia Colman, Olivia the other one, the one dating Harry Styles. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like... married to Jason Sudeikis. What's her name? Olivia... Wild. Oh, Wild. Yeah, yeah. not Colman. Director of Booksmart? Yes, yeah. That yes. is, okay. hands down, the piece of media I'm most excited for in the upcoming year. Counting down Fair. the days. I don't even know when it comes out, okay. but I'm just, I think about it often next marco do you want to go next um look i have a few runners up here i won't say them in case well i won't say one of them in case there might be dance um (laughs) one of my runner up is definitely the flash not because i care about ezra miller as the flash but because michael (laughs) keaton is coming back as batman and he's gonna be like the batman beyond old man batman training the new young dceu apparently oh. going forward like he's going to be in the background movie that's going to be like a background beyond certain movie so hmm. um i'm very excited for that i know you know dan i just recently made you watch the keaton batmans with me and obviously like not ha- yeah. oh yeah not having this st- that's something yeah not say. having nostalgia <laughs> for them like you were kind of like these are ridiculous and i agree they are ridiculous but obviously like i i still love them i have nostalgia michael keaton is obviously a very good actor and so I would love to see him get the Andrew Garfield treatment in No Way Home of like come back in a modern movie with like better writing. I guess it'd be more like a Toby. I guess it's treatment. more of a Toby. Yeah, like come back and like 
be good in like a modern movie and like prove that you can like portray this character and like carry it through I, I, and he is like for a lot of people like their first exposure to batman so i think that's very cool but i mean it's the batman that is like by far the like i could have I, I don't that. it yeah. is like my like go back two years to just my like hatred that this movie was gonna be made and just conversations i had with dan about like why are we even making a solo batman franchise like nolan already did it they're never gonna make it comic booky. They're just gonna make a shittier Nolan version, and then they cost. They, and that was the time when like the DCU was like falling, falling apart. apart. I'm like, when that news you're came, probably out. gonna try to put it in continuity, and it's not gonna be comic booky. It's just gonna be dumb Nolan, which is basically just dumb Nolan is just Zack Snyder. So it's just gonna be more Zack Snyder nonsense. And then it was like Robert Pattinson's in it. And I was like, fucking great. This is just <laughs> what I need. Is Twilight Zone Robert Pattinson? Anyway, Twilight Zone. <laughs> like, and then we got to this point of just like Matt Reeves for the second time with like a second franchise that matters a lot to me being like, don't worry, I got you, bro. This franchise also matters a lot to me. And by all accounts, this movie looks incredible. Like the Planet of the Apes movies that he did are fantastic and they are not just like good movies that hold up, but also like pay reverence to the originals in such cool ways like he's clearly such a fan but he doesn't let that get in the way of making a good movie everything i've seen about the batman seems to be that every piece of news every trailer we've seen everything we know about the behind the scenes is like this guy's a huge batman fan but also like knows how to make a good movie and like they just released more posters today and it's like god like even just like the color grading like everything about this is so cool and unique and i fucking love it i just i can't wait I am going to be a mess if this movie's bad. Like, if, like, halfway through this movie, it turns out it's bad, I might have, like, a panic attack in the theater. Like, oh I don't gosh. know what I'm going to do. Because this is, like, I'm so hyped for it. So, that's... that's I think it. another thing... I think another thing, too, before we got that first trailer that started to turn us on to this, like, solo Batman thing is the success of the Joker movie. Because yes. that was another movie we were ready to shit yeah. on. Like, going into the theater, up until we sat down to watch it, we were, like, ready to hate it. Yeah, we were like, can you believe we're about to watch a Joker movie? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it turned to be really good. Um, But I also remember leading up to the Batman, I remember how, like, all we saw was, like, the image of him in the suit where, like, the gun was his bat symbol. And I was, like, I was ready to, like, kill someone. I was, like, this is the dumbest (laughs) fucking thing I've ever seen. So, anyway. Yeah, and now we're super turned on to it. Um, But since that was your answer... I think I'll safely go with uh, Doctor Strange 2. Yes. Probably. It's my most anticipated one. Sam Raimi's directing oh, it. Hell yeah. Who knows what the fuck is going to happen? <laughs> there are so many rumored Wait, cameos. Wait, I didn't know Sam Raimi just... was directing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he took over. Like, he wasn't originally, but for the majority oh. of the production, he's been That's the director of it. Okay. Yeah. So. It's going to be good. Sam Raimi directing an MCU movie, like. Did you ever think we'd get here? Dude, I mean, That's Toby cool. has to be coming back then, right? Like, Sam Raimi's directing. How could he not? not be coming back. <laughs> it would just, it's so weird to think, like, if he doesn't, Toby Maguire came back in an MCU movie, but not the one that Sam Raimi directed. It would be directed. so weird. But also, like, you were talking about rumored cameos, like, maybe getting an alternate Avengers where, like, you know, that could be so cool. Tom Cruise would be playing Tony Stark, because that's what, like, was going to happen in the 90s with, like, like that would be awesome or like if like to bring in the fox x-men people potentially like i don't know there's so many cool things they could do eric banna as the hulk like ben affleck as daredevil like fucking yeah. i'm gonna just need do you everything. guys to explain so much to me after it ends 
Yeah, I'm sure. But it'll be it'll be great. I'm yeah. very excited. Can you imagine uh, like Chris Evans as um, what's his name? Human oh, Torch. Oh my god! Like just even for a split Dan, second. Dan, I didn't even think about that. That would be because that would be cool. Because <laughs> like we could see Chris Evans again, but not in a way that ruins captain america's character you'd be a completely different character and it would acknowledge the weird like oh chris evans played two different marvel characters and like he would totally do it like he's the type of like he yeah would totally of course do it. oh that's so cool yeah like can you imagine the old thing costume like yes. I, I if if they do that i want them to bring that just how it was the shitty like foam Absolutely. costume that he was bring wearing. everyone back bring everyone back i don't care like here's what i've heard jessica alba wise is that Part of the plot of this movie may have to do with... So, in the Marvel comics, Carol, you probably are not aware, but there is a, a team called the Illuminati who are basically, like, a delegate from every major team in the Marvel universe. So, like, Professor X from the X-Men, Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four, and then, like, whoever... Tony Stark, Stark from the Avengers. Avengers. So it's just like... Doctor Strange is like for the Sorcerers. Yeah, Doctor Strange from the Sorcerers. So it's just like this team. It's like the United Nations of superheroes. It's just like a it's like <laughs> someone from every team and they form the Illuminati who like have to make decisions together about like how to protect the Earth. So rumor has it that potentially we may be getting a multiversal Illuminati in oh this movie. God. Which would, <sighs> be would be so fucking cool. rad. That would... It would be incredible. So I... I'm with you. That was my runner-up. That's why I didn't want to say it because I figured if yeah, I took yeah, Batman, yeah. you would say that. So yeah, that's yeah. that's great. Damn. Yeah, uh, and even like to be honest, if like these are all rumors, even if they don't pan out, I'm still excited just to expand on this multiverse stuff yeah. again, just to see where it goes. Because like we said, I'm not super invested anymore in in the MCU. I just want to see crazy shit happen. So yeah, this movie I'm hoping really pushes forward. Oh, also we're gonna see. Um, Scarlet Witch yes, again. That's I'm what very I was excited say. for that. Can't yeah. wait. Wanda, yeah. If nothing else. On the heels of WandaVision. Yep. Yeah. So that was a positive. <clears throat> 2022. Yep. There is uh, quite a bit. Oh, and I much. guess. I, we keep saying it like it's going to be new. Like, Happy New Year. <laughs> this might come out after the Batman has come out. <laughs> this actually Maybe. might. Because, like, we still have two banked episodes to come yeah. out peek behind the curtain yeah um also though quick runner up um this is not in the world of movies but i'm looking forward to the new uh god of war video game <laughs> that is coming out nice. this year is it actually yeah i'm like 99 nice. sure nice. i didn't know i didn't realize that was confirmed yeah i mean we didn't talk about video game news dan but like microsoft bought uh activision blizzard which is pretty fucking yeah crazy, that's been a so. huge development but we want i mean we can talk offline about that. I don't want to make Carol shoot herself about video game industry. Yeah, I just I, want to make sure I before we sign off that. I say goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is God of War Ragnarok is this year, Another so I don't Ragnarok? think that can see it. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, so like, well, just real quick, it's cool because this God of War is like Norse mythology, whereas the the old series was greek mythology so it's just a cool reboot yeah. sort of thing like i never played the old games but i started with the newest one and i loved it so i'm super excited it just came to pc anyway. so i should probably check that out yeah the original did you should okay. play it if you have time <laughs> it's so cool it's basically like your your move set is like if you're thor and captain america nice. in one person nice it's cool okay anyway that's all i wanted to say so should we i guess we should announce 
we alluded to our next episode, but we didn't say everything that we're going to be talking about. Sure. We'll say right? our next... We're doing like a... Tr- uh, well, okay. yeah, we're doing like a, a trifecta of indie films, quote unquote. I hesitate to use that word now, but Wait, I think they're all technically... In indie one aesthetic? episode or three separate? No, 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 no. Three no. separate. We'll do them as separate ones, but... Um, oh, okay. Yeah, just because like to talk about all three in one, I feel like we would not talk about any of them enough. So, yeah, um, uh, yeah the next few episodes we are going to talk about Promising Young Women, as I alluded to, since I've finally now seen that. Um... I'm also going to make you two watch The Kid Detective because I remember really loving it. That came out right at the start of the pandemic. Um, it's a small indie film. Uh, and then I think the plan after that would be to talk about Ingrid Goes West. Indeed. So, yeah. That's what's coming up. Until something happens and we change everything. Like last time. <laughs> yeah, we're also going to have to talk about The Batman when that comes out. Maybe we'll do a bonus yeah. episode. We'll have to do a bonus episode on it. It would be fitting because we did a bonus for the trailer. Yeah, because I assume we'll all have just seen it once and I won't be able to take notes. So who knows how long that discussion will go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We can do like a first reaction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, if that's it. Yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening again. Hope you enjoyed the selection series. Hope you enjoy this not structured very long discussion of all things film and television over the last six ish months because we kind of went back for some of them and books and video games apparently too yeah <laughs> we talked about a lot but i think and joss whedon don't forget we talked of about course joss whedon. yeah so yeah <laughs> which will be like two month old news by the yeah time this comes out Hope oh that's you enjoy true the discussion <laughs> Blast from the past. Catch you next time. Thanks for catching yeah, up with us. I had fun. <laughs> that was a good time. Okay, bye. <laughs>